You're a cutie full of charm. D, you're a darling, and E, you're exciting, and F, you're a feather in my arms. Welcome to the podcast, my friends. I am here with the one and only, the legendary, the man, the myth. You know him, you love him, Mr. Shane Montgomery! Thank you, thank you, thank you. And what you like saw was an Academy. homage to uh, 1,000 subs. I'd like to thank the Academy for 1,000 subs. Uh, we're so grateful to be here. And you guys made it happen. Thank you so much. We did it. All of us as a group. It was a group. It. it was a team. It was a team effort. I'd like to throw, I mean, throw, throw some love out there to the Salty Nerds and Mike yeah. from Anti Trekker. They literally have been campaigning for us for the past three weeks. I appreciate yeah. it. We got it. We got yeah, we 2,000, boys. That's it. We appreciate you guys so much. Yeah. We, I mean, we, it only took a year. We got here. We're here. Yeah. A year of grinding. Yeah. Let me, uh, tell me also in the chat or in the comments if you, uh, if you like the weird intros or if they're too long and boring, <laughs> you know, I just don't know what it was because I can't hear it, you know, obviously. And you didn't tell me what we were doing. So what was it about? What was it? Um, it uh, well, half of it was just Michael Burnham farting. <laughs> okay. That's funny. Yep. Um, the other half was uh, Picard singing show tunes. And then oh. uh, it was a, a mon hodgepodge, like a mashup of fast and furious and oh. uh, when Rafi and Seven uh, rescued Rios. The same thing. Got it. Okay. Right. 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 That's interesting. Yeah. So for real, though, if you guys like that intro, I will kill myself every week to make one. I'm not joking. <laughs> Shane knows this. I will. I do know if, this. If only one person's like, I like that. It was hilarious. That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's that's my job now. Okay. I I'm down with that. And you, you work very hard. Brian's in the middle of a lot of things right now. He's doing a lot. Like not only do we have like, we're trying to do like three popcast prime videos this week, which is going to be interesting. Plus we're doing our live shows. Plus he's like in this like play production thing going on. And uh, I'm what yeah, you call yeah. a uh, thespian. Wait, I don't think you can say that on the air. Wait, it's thespian, right? Did I say oh, got it. Thing? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, okay. Thespian, got it. Right, Whew. lesbian. I mean, thespian. Uh, yes, I'm a thespian. Right. Yeah, I, yeah. So I got Which, roped. Oh, in... speaking of Picard, no, never mind. Go ahead. I got roped into this thespian thing to help my uh, really just like my kids wanted to be in something. I knew that if I got involved, I can make sure that they were involved too. And so I just jumped head first, and uh, oh my god, it's a lot of work. It's just. I'm like, yeah, you're you're like the play manager guy. So like, you're like, what, what do they call those people? Like, you're in it and you're also directing it, or what do they call? What are the? Um, is that what it is? I believe they call him the goat. Oh, okay. No, I'm kidding. No, it's the called greatest of all time. I mean, I was I was thinking like specifically it's called a producer. Like, like the producer's job. Like when somebody does a play, that's like their only job. Like they right. do this play. Like you are literally doing it and three other jobs. So. Right. Kudos to you, brother. Hey, Matt Bader's in the chat. Dork Knight, Jeremy Snyder, Steve Montana. And I believe uh, Ken is in the members chat. What's up, Ken? Hi, boys. How you guys doing? It's a bummer that we're not doing our, our stream tomorrow. 
because uh, I just want to watch Matt Vader. I'm sorry, Matt Kadish um, literally melt down for 20 <laughs> minutes while we all just watch. Because he, I know for a fact he despised this episode because the second it could have possibly ended, I started getting texts from Matt. Text from Matt. Like, dude, are you seeing this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, uh, we yeah, have a lot pretty to talk epic about day tomorrow. Anyways, what's going on, man? We have a lot to talk about with Picard. We're going to get to that here shortly. I would like to just say there are so many things that we've been right about. And I, I don't want to toot our own horn because some of it's not great. Um, but we are definitely going to talk about that. Um, what else is new? So yes, we've got a podcast prime video coming out tomorrow. It is, uh, related to star Trek Picard. So you don't want to miss that. And then we're going to have one also coming out, I believe on Tuesday and on Thursday, no Tuesday and Thursday. Saturday. Maybe. Is it next Saturday, Tuesday and Saturday. Okay. So yeah, so we're, we are slowly rolling into three videos a week, but yeah, Shane, Shane's trying to get me, uh, She's trying to get me to go Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. We will be there at Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. (laughs) Because we've got, I mean, when you think about it, we've got, not only do we have Picard, but we also have Strange New Worlds. And then we're going to be rolling into the uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi series for Star Wars and the Orville's coming. So we've got so many projects coming up that we need to be engaged with. We're going to be doing a lot of stuff. Frankly speaking, I am so concerned about Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'm not really concerned that it's going to be good or bad, per se. But I'm concerned that... I'm concerned that no one's going to care that we make videos about it. I mean, I don't really... Yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. And part of me is kind of like, I don't care. And I'll tell you why. Because even though I should care. It is the most epic thing happening outside of the rings of power getting ready to come up. And I would even argue that this is more epic. You're talking about, you know, going back all the way to Star Wars episode four, the probably outside of Luke, uh, one of the most original Gandalf type characters in Obi-Wan Kenobi from, from Star Wars. You know, he's the, he's the original Jedi wizard, you know, and now we've got, you know, the same Obi-Wan Kenobi actor who played on the prequels back playing against Vader in the pre. I mean, it's like if you're going to have a TV series about Star Wars, like this is the most epic one you can possibly have. Sure. So if nobody wants to watch our videos on it, then they're just going to miss out on some of the greatest commentary and most amazing takes about the most amazing movie that ever came out in Star Wars 1977. That's all I got to say. It's true. It's true. He, nothing but facts. Pure facts. Nothing, nothing but facts here on the channel. Okay, man. Uh, I say we uh, jump into it. Oh, I like this. Yeah, let's jump into it. Um, what do you oh, think it feels Oh, like? and I don't know if this works yet, but because we're monetized, I think Super Chats work, but I don't know. Oh, well, let's test it with someone. <laughs> I actually tried testing it myself, and it did, I, I don't see it. But maybe oh, it's because I'm what? logged it's in. Fine. We didn't have him for so long; it doesn't even matter. Okay, man. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about some Elon Musk because this guy is. Uh, yeah. Either um, what's up? I just just so everyone knows, we are going to roll into Picard quickly, but we do want to tease this first story. First. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about some Elon real quick, and then Picard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, only because I, I need to get this off my chest because the guy is either a uh, genius 
or a crazy person or well, a healthy a mixture of both. I don't know. Well, and now he's a hero. So it's like he's, we weren't sure what, what you're right. Is he a genius or is he crazy? But now he's officially like a hero to an entire uh, political persuasion. Yeah. Okay. So really quickly, let's not spend a whole lot of time on this. Tell me what's happening here because it seems like he just sort of checkmated uh, Twitter in some way. Yeah. Elon Musk decided, uh, you know what? I don't like Twitter's rules and I don't like that they're banning people and that people don't have free speech. So I'm just going to spend like $3 billion, like $2.9 billion. And I'm going to buy, I'm going to become the majority owner of Twitter. Um, and which he did, which he got about a 9.2% stake in Twitter, just bought it. Uh, and now he's using that to leverage the board. And he's basically offered to buy Twitter for $54 per share, which comes out to, uh, you know, a whole lot of dang money. Yeah, a lot of money. Yeah. So he, he's basically offered to buy Twitter. And so far, the board is not having it. But also notice that it's $5 for 20 What's that? It's 5420. It's I mean, Elon's signature move where he references marijuana. Oh, that's why he picked the four. Yeah, 5420. Yeah. I, you know, he's funny. He's like the little kid who like giggles every time somebody says the word marijuana, you know, or something. <laughs> yeah. Like every time somebody makes a joke about drugs, like he's like, <laughs> right? Because he did that thing on Joe Rogan where he actually like, like smoked it. Now, is it even possible for him to buy Twitter? Because like even though he's the richest guy on the planet, his 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 liquidity is not right. He oh, he's got unbelievable liquidity. I mean, he literally oh, he sold. Yes, he he sold. He had to sell shares of of Tesla. Tesla's worth so much money; it's ridiculous. He had to sell shares of Tesla to pay his taxes. It was like a hundred 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 billion dollars or something ridiculous that he had to sell shares. Which he, which he ended up being a net zero for him because he was getting them back anyways from a buyback plan. And so he basically can just sell a little bit of his Tesla shares, you know, at back and buy anything he wants. Uh, I see. So no, he's the richest man in the world, 100%. And, um, and if, if Jeff Bezos can buy the Washington Post, there is no reason whatsoever that Elon Musk can't buy Twitter. And he wants to make it a free speech platform again which that's his goal. He's like, Twitter is not free speech. I'm down for that. And that's what he wants it to be. So that's what makes him a hero because a lot of people who, I mean, Twitter is just, it's, it's a troll factory. We're all there um, and we get some really good information out, but it's just an opportunity for people to be really mean to each other. Right. And for, for certain people not to be able to respond. So, you know, he wants to give those people a voice and um, it's going to be a battle. It's going to be a political battle and you can already see it happening because you have, Republican um, politicians coming out saying, hey, yeah, Elon should be able to buy Twitter. Of course, it benefits them, right? So they're going to wait, 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 wait. Why wouldn't he be able to buy Twitter? Well, the board has to approve it. So the people who, who I mean, run Twitter, they have sort to of agree. do, but also he can also offer so much where the board can't refuse him because well, it, yeah, yeah, he has to own 51% of the shares first. So he would have to buy 51% of Twitter to be able to fire the board and decide for himself. No, but don't, don't the board, doesn't the board have to do what's in the best interest for the shareholders? 
I mean, they should, or else they won't be board members for very long. So, so it is very complicated. But it's a hostile takeover then. Only if he owns fifty-one percent. I see. He only owns nine percent right now. So he I didn't see. buy enough to actually be able to. I mean, he is the majority stakeholder, so he does own the. So basically, what he's telling him is like, look. You either sell this to me or I'm going to dump my shares and crash your stock. Oh, right. That's another thing, too. Like It's it's basically a threat because he's like, yeah, you know, sell it to me or which is in the best interest of a shareholder. You are offering three times more than the what it's worth. Yeah. Or I'll dump my stock and it will be three times less. It'll be it'll be worth a third of what it's worth. Right. Well, or at least it'll drop significantly and people will bail out and it's going to affect the it'll affect the company. However you shake it. Elon comes out on top because if he yeah. if he if he can't buy Twitter and he's forced to sell, then he makes a ridiculous amount of money. Yeah, he always he always comes out on top. Elon Elon Musk is is I mean I know we've talked about it a few times and you know we've kind of he's one, he's the most interesting person of our generation. I mean he there's video out recently of him like doing something with Amber Heard behind Johnny Depp's back. I mean it's like he's just like part of this cult pop culture phenomenon plus he's like he's like uh how would you say he's like howard hughes and um um a great scientist and right. a rock star he's like all these things all together you know in our time and plus and he's the richest man in the world which is ridiculous uh, and even more special he has asperger's you know, so it's like, you know, there's so many of these things that make him interesting. I, you know, you almost can't stop looking at him and who knows he's changing the world constantly. He's changed the way we've done spaceflight. He's, he's trying to change the way we do social media. He's basically dragging the world into renewable energy with, for their cars. Without Tesla, we're decades away from electric cars, decades. Right. You know, so this, this man who invented PayPal and took us to the whole banking industry. I mean, let me tell you something, guys. Uh, pay attention to Elon Musk because if anybody can change the world, it's him. Yeah, plus he's hilarious. So why not? Yeah, Thomas Edison, but even greater, Jeremy. Jeremy says Elon Musk is Thomas Edison. He's like Thomas Edison on steroids, man. He's like Thomas Edison and Elvis Presley. And, you know, he's just crazy. He's like Thomas Edison if Thomas Edison was super high all the time. Right. And he's a conservative. <laughs> Which is crazy. <laughs> is he conservative or conservative or is he a classical classical liberal? I think he's a classical liberal. You know, it's really hard to say because classical liberals have been pushed into conservative into, into being conservatives. So maybe you originally would have called him a classical liberal, but those people are firmly on the right hand side of things right now. I see. Okay. Well, uh, I say we uh, jump into a little bit of Bacard. Unless there's some, yeah, baby. Unless there's some chat we need to get to. You want you want to let me know? I don't really see any. Let's see, I'd rather him be Nikola Tesla. You know, that's I think Jeremy, that's a really good point because Nikola, of course, was like a dreamer, but he was totally outside the box trying to, you know, bring electricity, make it free for the world, and 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 through the air, which is crazy. He also got I, I robbed by Edison. Yeah, and he got robbed. It's it's such a complicated story. I mean, he, yeah. There's a whole, we don't want to go down that. that I just that turned super over. chats on. Apparently you have to turn it on. Yeah. They don't want to just give you money for free. Bro. <laughs> I, I just turned it on. Okay. Let's get into Picard, man. All right. Um, You want to walk me through uh, just a quick little synopsis of, of what happened here? 
Yeah, nothing. So yeah, <laughs> so nothing happened. Um, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, though I, there's the thing I'm gonna say. I'll say a couple things about this episode quickly, and then I'll tell you, and I'll break it down a little bit, and so that we can get into it. Um, this was by far the best acting in two seasons of the show. This episode had the best acting. Okay, uh, and and it was Patrick Stewart's best acting, and of course James Callis, who we're gonna talk about more. Um, moving into this. Um, we spent some time inside of Picard's brain this episode. Um, we missed some major movements in the story, um, but we did learn some incredible things about his character, some backstory, which was positive, unfortunately, and we called it, and uh, Star Trek is about mental health, and they're doubling down on what they took from Discovery, and they're doing it here in Picard because we find out that his mother has mental health issues. Q seems to have mental health issues. Rafi has mental health issues. Mental health is the theme for Star Trek Picard and Star Trek New Trek in general. I'm very curious to see what happens when Strange New Worlds comes out because I'm terrified that they're going to be dealing with constant uh, mental issues. Um, yeah, they're all going to have mental health problems. Well. Yeah, that's, I don't. Oh, except for, except for that super rare uh, Andorian. I always forget, uh, I forget, I forget his name. He's not gonna. Um, name him. He's gonna be like an absolute oh, Hammer? Chad. He's blind, bro. Hammer. He's, he's gonna be an absolute Chad, bro. I guarantee <laughs> you that. The best character, and I'm calling it now. The best character okay. in Strange New World will be Harem. I guarantee you that. Hammer. Yeah. Hammer. Whatever his name is. I went and looked. Yeah. I went and looked at the actors. Uh, some of the some other stuff he did, and you guys are gonna like this character. Uh, real no, quick. One good thing about Picard is. The whole episode, they were like gearing up for the ways like, I don't want to be like my dad. I want to be like you. My dad sucks. Dad's mean. And like, he's the villain. And like, all of a sudden you figure out it's the, coincidentally, the guy with the super long hair, even though his dad in TNG was bald. Um, I have and, a, I have an argument for that because I know a lot of people are mad about it. I don't really care about it. But what I do care about is that I thought they were setting up the whole dad's evil men right. are bad whatever nonsense and then it turned out that his mom had mental problems and his dad was trying to protect him the whole time his dad wasn't the bad guy which was shocking it was shocking. yeah that was good because well, like, like i told you when we talked about it uh mental health trumped uh white man bad yeah mental and health so trumps white man bad you know, and so that's why, you know, they were able to go to that level. But I guarantee you, had this not been about mental health, it would have been about, you know, the domestic typical abuse. dad domestic abuse trope, yeah. which unfortunately is was a huge, huge problem for a long time. I don't know how much of a problem uh, father mental abuse will be in in uh, Picard's youth time frame. I mean, that is centuries ahead of us and we're supposed to be more enlightened. And right. so I, I will say one thing I'm glad about is that. um all the weird previews we were seeing of his mom and like them dressed up as like, you know, King Arthur time or what the heck was going on, like a monster dragging her across the floor. I'm like, yeah. what in the heck? You know, we come to learn that it was a fantasy and a story that, you know, Picard's inner child is telling to his father. Yeah, that, I do. Remember that I one. Do. I remember that one scene where I was like, Shane, I swear if she's being assimilated right now, I'm done. Like I, I quit. I freaking <laughs> yeah. quit. Yeah. So when I found out it was mental health issues, I'm like, oh, cool. Although I did reference her as the queen 
and red hair and he did had some like he dropped some weird borg type it's it's your paranoia getting i hope i hope it is bro yeah because he was the prince remember so she it was her they were they were trying to highlight the fact that she's not all there you know right um but what's interesting is so james callis of course they wanted this actor he's got gorgeous hair 51 years old and his hair is rocking and uh they wanted him in there because he's he's an incredible actor of course we know him from battlestar galactica uh, he played a Cylon, probably one of the best characters from Battlestar. Oh, yeah, he, he, yeah, he eventually became a Cylon. He wasn't a Cylon from the right. Gates. He actually he had mental health problems in in Battlestar Galactica. He had which was, men- yeah. and he was imagining the Cylon. Right, right. So that's yes. I mean, it's a trope. It's it's a trope you can it's play. And in this case, in this case, it doesn't feel that bad. I, I think when you measure it to the all the entire Star Trek, trying to like use mental health as a as a as a theme, maybe it's a little bit irritating, but in this specific situation, uh, we find out that Picard's father, it would have been bad, I think, for Star Trek and for Picard's legacy, for his father to have been an abusive, terrible person anyways, because we have seen other stuff with him. And while he didn't have a great relationship with him, I think it would have just been too much, you know, pointed to have it end up that being the story. And instead, and I'll tell you what I believe, uh, first off, the baldness. So he said, Inside the show, he's like, uh, well, I kept my hair. When he's, they're doing the reveal that it's his father, he makes this comment, well, you know, I kept my hair, even though you haven't. Well, we know, of course, in TNG that the, that the image of his father that we see in that episode, the, his father's bald as well. Maybe in Picard's mind, his father has hair. And we'll just go with that, right? All right, whatever. Um, but it's important to note that... Um, his father and him did not have a good relationship. And I believe what's going to happen, what we're going to learn, because they, they said the story isn't over yet. Okay. So he, they didn't finish telling what happened to his mom and we know his mom died young early. What I think is going to happen, what we're going to find out in season three, I don't even think we'll find out in the season be season three is we're going to find out that Picard let his mom out. His dad locked his mom up for her safety Picard, thinking his dad was doing something wrong, lets his mom out and his mom ends up dying. And so I think his mom will end up dying and Picard never forgives himself. And this is why he can't feel close to other people and have relationships because he's never forgiven himself for basically being responsible for his mom's death. I think that's what we're going to find out maybe in season three. Yeah, I got I have, I have I'm having. So many problems with this season, to be honest, because. There is this awesome story that they should be telling, but they keep diverting us into these totally waste of time, non-important episodes. Look, if it was episodic or even semi-episodic and there was 20 episodes in the season, fine, you know, uh, fill in episodes, do episodes that build character and not actually further the story, completely fine. There are 10 episodes. We are in episode 7. That means there are 3 episodes left. And we are still in the same place we were at. In in, in episode 2, basically. Yeah. I mean, there was a little more movement, but not much. We came back to the past, and that's it. Like, come on, man. Well, they've now added more storylines. And this is the thing that's frustrating. It's like, 
it's like trying to herd cats. You know, they they're lo- the the writing room is all over the place here. Now we've added this this storyline where we're going to get to about the the FBI agent. You know, oh. and so just like one more thing going. And in this episode, no Q, no Soong, no Jurati. Like those are like the three main moving elements of the story right now, and none yeah. of those characters were in it. Yeah. You know, so so it's guys, very- just to just to. Let's just reiterate real quick what happened. Giant is super advanced board, comes out of anomaly. Probably shifts them to another time. Right? Or maybe it was yeah. Q. Who knows? But it's a horrible time where the world sucks. And then they steal the last Borg left, the Borg Queen, the most gnarly guy thing in existence, and they go back to the past to save the problem. Now, that's where we're at. Since then, we have now been introduced to a uh, an ancestor of him that is that's going to another planet to bring back an organism that may probably is not important. Um, Q is sick and he's having problems. Guinan is apparently very powerful. Who knew about that? Um, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We have we have uh, immigration and Rafi and Seven are dealing with relationship problems. And Picard's dealing with his mental problems and and death of his mother. And, oh, 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 and there's a Borg queen in 2024 wandering San Francisco. L.A., yeah. L.A., sorry. We have introduced so many storylines to this. And all the fans really want, and I'm, I'm, I'm not speaking for everyone, but I think generally speaking, is to continue the story we started in the first two episodes. (laughs) <laughs> it's crazy right yeah I, I feel like this episode could have happened if it happened maybe towards the beginning it feels just really out of place um you know it w- i would argue that the acting was really good and the character development about picard's character is is fine maybe they need more than 10 episodes maybe they need 12 or 14 so that they can do this sort of thing it's not that it's bad it's just that they're treading water there's we're not moving Maybe and we're, we're moving so slow. and we had the same complaint about Picard season one. I remember us talking about every week going, well, okay, well, they probably could have told this story in three episodes. Right. Realistically. And the, the, I feel like the same thing's happening here where characters don't really have a point. Like what's going, we'll talk more about it, but you know, what's, what's Rio's doing? What's going on here? And Rafi and, and seven are just like wandering around everywhere they literally have no chemistry, bro. I mean, as as yeah, a couple, yeah, they they're supposed no to be a couple. I I don't, I don't buy it for a second. They they don't have any chemistry at all. They have no chemistry yet. Yet Rafi's talking about seeing them old together on a porch, whatever the heck she's talking about. But yet we, there is no chemistry here that we've seen. I all forgot we have, they were dating. Yeah, right. All we have is a, a handhold at the end of at the very end of a, a season one, and I think. Uh, some sort of a loving embrace or something that happened earlier this season. It does not, you know, and, and especially they have to go a lot further because both of these ladies had men in their lives at one point. So, you know, there's a whole weird thing about that. You I, know, think, that I think I know what the problem there is too. I think part, part of the problem with that lack of chemistry is on Jerry Ryan. And I'm sure she's a fine actor, but Jerry Ryan if you guys don't know, once, once upon a time was a staunch uh, Republican and she is not a lesbian in real life. So I don't, I think she's having a really hard time uh, giving that loving chemistry that you would need 
to actually sort of show that you're in a relationship. She did it with characters on Voyager, no problem. No, no, no. She no, she never had a loving no, I would no, argue. She never loved relationship, but 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 there was chemistry between her and Chicote. Sure, but what I'm trying to say is like Jerry Ryan's character seven of nine does not have any experience as far as we know. And she comes from the Fenris Rangers when we come into Picard, and she's hard as steel, man. She's she's hard. Hmm. You know, you, there's no loving about this character. We don't have any on-screen like softness about this character at all ever now we don't know what happened those years she was with chakotay after voyager we don't know what happened but she's definitely we're seeing we're seeing seven as she is and i think jerry ryan's playing the character like well seven wouldn't be a lovey-dovey character because she doesn't have that experience right i don't know um i just think if it doesn't fit the character should have introduced it it was obviously just it's just pointless it was dribble it was they haven't developed the relationship so it's it was pointless to make them to to do that it's they were pointing they were they were utilizing the i don't know the inclusive thing real quick before we get to the next topic uh jeremy snyder asked nice beanie is that a mixed tease it will be (laughs) it is a it is the Yes, Brian has a, an entire uh, headwear line of, of podcast, um, pop what is it, pop culture historian. So yeah, Matt Bader said, "I wish Trisha Hef 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 Helfer played his mom." I mean, any reason to see Trisha Helfer back on state on screen? I'll take it. Uh, anyone? Uh, blah, blah blah blah. The episode was awful. And where's the brother? The brother was the monster. So the monster inside of uh, that was holding the kid in the in the dungeon if you looked at it, it looked awfully a lot like his brother Weird. and i bet that that's there's some sort of symbology they tend tended to probably do that mm. and yes they both were you know didn't have a great relationship with their father so yeah dark knight said i thought being gay was not a choice why would someone choose to be gay all of a sudden if they the heterosexual yeah listen man that that um those goalposts are moving around moving around a lot so. I'm not going to pretend to understand it, to be yeah. honest with you, because it's not understandable to me. So, um, okay. Yeah, so, we, go, ahead. go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I just wanted to keep going with the episode real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I wanted to do. Okay. Um. So, so Talon is a Romulan. Yes. Okay. <laughs> that's what I wanted to talk about. I'm glad that you brought it up because yeah. I wanted to make it very clear that. Uh, Oh yeah, I called that three you weeks did. ago. Say that. The second they first off, the second they introduced not Tallinn, not Loris, whatever her name is. <laughs> not Loris. We'll call her not Loris. The like second that. they introduced not Loris, Dork Knight and I, Danny and I on Salty Nerd literally said, Okay, that's Gary Seven, hundred percent. That's a Gary Seven type character. Um, okay. That very first episode, we called it on what? No, no, no. It was called by us two days before when I said it was a Oh, that's right, that's right, right. Okay. Because of the doorway. You're right, the doorway. Now, that ended up being... You do too many podcasts, dude. We can't. I know, I do too many podcasts. That ended up being 100% correct. But on that same podcast, I said, I bet you, if it's Gary Seven, remember that one character that, like, can turn from a cat to a person? Right. She has some kind of ability or tech or whatever that can allow her to... Change her, right? Change her you know, uh, appearance, boom, Romulan and all the, you know, and I like it. I'll tell you why I like it. Even though it was obvious, 
they dropped so many Easter eggs that if the, if she wasn't Romulan, I was going to be officially pissed off. Yeah, well, as soon as she put the earpiece on and it was the Romulan ear and she was about to go in Picard's head, I'm like, oh, come on, guys. I mean, yeah, like, it's on. so obvious. If they didn't reveal it, it actually would have been dumb. You know, if there was not a reveal after that ear, I mean, because obviously the device was created for Romulan ear. Right, uh, right. And, you know, so it's like. <laughs> oh, yeah, and for a minute there, I was like, is it Easter eggs or is she Romulan? Because if yeah, if oh, they, if, you know, if she had not been Romulan, I would have been like, okay, guys, too many Easter eggs. It's super stop it. yeah. yeah, or not? It's like distracting. But you know what's cool is our original theory about how this season was going to roll down is still alive after seven episodes, <laughs> and the fact that they introduce Romulan back into it really <laughs> like gives it a little bit of life, especially since we haven't seen the mind meld that's coming in one in one of the upcoming three episodes some either Vulcans or Romulan are going to do a mind meld on a kid who's dressed in like 20th century attire. Right. Okay. And, uh, and Soong's kid, Soong's, Soong's Android or clone, whatever the Coney, heck she is, Coney, Coney, whatever. is going to witness it. Not Doge. <laughs> Not Doge. Right. And so it's going to be like, that hasn't happened yet. And that's going to be an entire page turner, which we'll have a video for you probably on Tuesday about that. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm really hoping that, um, I mean, we're not going to be 100% correct. I get that. But no, it is, it's possible. If we were like 70% correct, I'm calling it a win. <laughs> if we're 50% correct, I'm going to call it a win. So like, <laughs> so, like, what if it's not, instead of being Colonel Green, you know, that character is Adam Stone? Right. Right. You know? And we, I think we, I think we're on that track. Right. And, and so it wasn't Q that modified anything it was romulans in some way influencing adam soon and that would be fascinating yeah it would be because it's a little bit odd i did not like the comment and i don't i don't really believe it because it breaks star trek canon that um oh yeah sometimes they send different species to take care of other species like like honestly talon as a romulan should not be overlooking Picard's ancestor on Earth. It's just very weird, and yeah, it's hyper you know, convenient, which I hate. Yeah, Gary Seven said, you know, they take people from their own worlds and send them back to their own worlds, you know. And so the fact that they changed it here, I, I mean, maybe they're doing it to, to like, you know, force her into the role so that we they can make sense of it. But it would be more cool if there was something subversive about her and this character. Still, she's not Laris. This is not the person that Picard is in love with. We need to remember this. Okay, this is another character. So if something nefarious were to happen with her, then it would still be okay. Yeah, can I, Can I, uh, in honor of uh, Mr. Kadish, uh, he had a good point. He texted me, he, he text me yesterday, and I, I want to bring it up. How does she, has some of the most advanced technology across space and time, but she has to wait eight hours for her holographic ears to recharge? What? The, not Laris. Did did the not Laura did Tallin say she had to wait eight hours? She said it takes eight hours for her for her tech to recharge so she can return turn her cloak back on or whatever. Whatever oh, it is. I must have missed that part. That's weird. That's what she said. And it's weird. Was totally unnecessary. Because they're they're more advanced than the Federation, and we've seen the Federation use similar technology to mask, you know, uh, you know uh, alien features so like 
It's a, it's a yeah. weird thing. I, I and, and right then I'm like, oh, it's because they're going to use it as a plot device, but she has to hide her ears or whatever nonsense. Yeah. And it's going to be some, you know, plot thing. They could have just left that scene on the cutting room table and not given us that piece of information. We didn't need it. It didn't right. add anything. It didn't change. They, that's the other thing about these guys. They feel like they need to explain everything. Everything. And, and when they do that, it makes it f- seem very hollow or false because they have to change something. It's like mentioning Picard's father, you know, you know, I have hair, but you don't in this episode. It's like not, there's so many moments in this show where they've done this. There, it's just not necessary for them to point out. Yes. I mean, Guinan, I think when we met her, she had something that she was like pointed about. You don't need to tell us. We will, you know, let us figure it out. Yeah. We're Star Trek fans. We're not idiots. Exactly. They forget that. Yeah. So let's talk about Guinan real quick. Um, Cause I don't want this review to be like two hours long, but. Well, Guinan... okay. I, well, okay. Yeah. We do need to go back to um, Rios. Oh, you so, want to fin- finish out Rios first? Then we'll, yeah, because we'll... okay, so we got a cut. We got an interesting thing here. He used a line from uh, Voyage Home. <laughs> he used the Kirk line, where he's like, you know, no, I'm from Chile. I just work in outer space. Whereas Kirk said, no, I'm from Iowa, but I just work in outer space. So they use that line again as a callback. Um, you know, the one thing I didn't like Rios is constantly telling Teresa. You know, he's trying to tell her without breaking some, the, you know, the time protocols or breaking breaking the rules. Uh, but then he ends up taking him to a ship. So I, I'm not exactly sure what that was supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, a little bit overkill. This whole thing, I can't tell you, I, you know, I need to be super sketchy and shady so you don't trust me. And then, oh, Picard's in danger, so I need to reveal this technology. You know what, Affit? Just come to my spaceship. Like, Yeah, it was, it was, it was not good. Now he's going to have to take him to the future or else we got a problem. Right. Now Just they like have Kirk to go to the took- future. Yeah, Kirk took his, the one he showed the future, the, his his lady, whatever, uh, to the future. These folks, we're going to probably find a way that they find out that, you know, they die or something in a horrible car accident or something. He ends up taking them with him or something. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, so, yeah, someone said that maybe he just stays behind. Maybe it's a reverse voyage home. I mean, maybe, but I guess, I guess, I guess, I mean, yeah. Because he was really they, into the like the the past he's really into the cigars and the steak and the whole that's true yeah i guess they could leave him back i mean yeah that would work all right so um well it could screw up their future though no that was still gonna be a problem like who does she end up with right you know so they there has to be some sort of explanation okay so and the last thing before you move on to the q and guinan or the guinan thing uh we did get confirmation that the board queen may assimilate current earth so we weren't yeah. sure if this iteration of the Borg Queen with Gerardi could assimilate. And they basically say that, you know, they confirm that for us here. Right. That is a fear, which we weren't sure. Right. So dumb. <laughs> it's so dead. So dumb. Look, I was completely fine with the Borg Queen taking over Gerardi, even Gerardi becoming like the future queen at some point like that queen that was all masked up fine cool that's cool great but if she has the ability to do what other borg do then okay you just screwed everything like they should have just left that they should have left like oh her nanites don't work right something should have given it a reason why she can't just randomly assimilate people that's 
another another story in a story in a story in a story and you're like and i still just want to know what the hell is going on with q oh my god all right all right so let's talk about guinan because Picard goes to Guinan and says, I need your help, Guinan. I need <laughs> that was you. Pretty good. That was pretty good, Picard. Thank you. I just have yeah. to sound like a very old, frail man. I need your help, Guinan. I Guinan. need to locate Q. And <laughs> Guinan's like, uh, hey, I can't locate Q. And then she goes, wait, I can. My bad. <laughs> hey, our vi- hey we, we promised. We promised you guys that we would explain why Q is afraid of Guinan in Picard and voila. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, our, our other, our other theory video about Guinan is well, spot on now, except for like where she, we, we, we theorized you got her powers from some other thing, but either way, no, no, we didn't theorize. That's the facts. They're theorizing in this show. Sorry. I'm I'm not going to give that one up. We got facts where she got her powers from. If they want to change that in Picard, that's their business, but. Right. Either way, we we told you that Picard would reveal why she's so special, and seven seven episodes in, they did. Um, and I don't like it actually. I, I mean, I like it. The idea. I hate it so much. It's so stupid. I, I'm okay with like. So I kind of like the idea of them being able to summon or her being able to summon Q, and with without you know beyond his power, kind of like a genie in a way. Mm-hmm. So that would that would if I was Q, I would not like that. I would not like being jerked out of things by somebody just because they can. My problem with it was the bottle, yeah, and yeah. the weird the weird seance. So guys, and, why her, would Guinan have the bottle? Right, her people made a truce with the Q, right, over a bottle, and she happens to have said bottle that summons said Q, right. I, of all of her people and how to, you know, it's very odd. And why was there, I don't know. It's something the most about convenient thing on the planet. It's such a bad, it's such a bad, it's so bad. I mean, they had to come up with something and I, and I, I'll give them, I'll give them credit. When, when, uh, when Whoopi Goldberg did this, right. <laughs> and Q went like this. I mean, that was like the moment where you're like, Oh crap. What was she going to do? Like, like what was going to happen now? He was already there. So she's obviously not going to summon him. Right. So I, I don't, it was a little bit weird and I know they had to come up with something and there really was nothing. No, no, like, there there's is. no reason. I, I could write, I can write this. Okay. You want, go ahead. you want, you want to include Guinan and you want yeah. to find Q. We already know Guinan is sensitive to time, time or whatever. Well, that's what we said. Now they're not saying that, which they should have. No, 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 no. They said that they said that when she got like time sickness or whatever, when he was talking to her. Oh, the Alorans. Yes, that's right. Yes. All right, so send so make her sensitive to Q too. That would explain TNG. Yeah, that would explain now. And then use and then travel around the city. You can do it a whole episode because you love wasting episodes where she's basically <laughs> a diviner rod for Q. <laughs> Looking for Q. That would have worked. Yeah. No, they didn't need to. I mean, I'm okay with the whole like they can summon the Q. I mean, that there had to be a real reason why Q would be sort of afraid of her, right? So we needed that explanation. Just being able to find a Q not wouldn't wouldn't give a reason for Q to react the way he did, I don't think. So they needed something stronger. I just think that I, what was the bottle and the strumming of the, of the I, it was very odd. They, it's like they wanted to connect the fact that she's a bartender. And let me tell you guys something. El Alorians are not the greatest bartenders of the universe. 
Like they're making this, if you watched the ready room afterwards, they're turning 10 forward. And the fact that Guinan's a bartender into the essential meaning of her character, which is not the case at all. She's done so many jobs. She's been married to so many people. She just happened to be a bartender on the enterprise. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't, that's not who she is as an individual, like for her whole life. Yeah. During her incredibly long life, she spent a few years on the Enterprise as a bartender. Right. It's weird. Holy crap. Like, now, now everything is about 10 forward. Everything. Everything. Is about like 10 her, forward and her being the best barkeeper in the universe. Like now they've got the a hell? wine bottle like that gets that a summons cue because she's a bartender. Oh, you know, it's just like, my God, who's writing this stuff? 12 year olds? It's, it's so dumb. No, it's, it's weird. Okay. Yeah, okay. So on the note, I know you're like, hey, you, they can summon cue. It brings up so many problems. Okay. A, how are the Elorians even a threat to Q where they need to actually have a truce? Because the Elorians don't seem to have any actual powers other than the Qs don't like them. Yeah, they could have just wiped them out. Yeah. The Qs just could have wiped them Q out. Q could just... You're gone. What do you need a truce for? We could just literally snap them out of existence. Based and, on this explanation. Yeah. Right. And how do I know that based on this explanation and previous TNG? Well, because her most of her people were wiped out by the Borg. Right. You think the Borg is going to wipe the Q out? So why do you need to make a truce with a clearly inferior species? Right. I'll tell you why. Because Guinan's the best bartender in the world. <laughs> That's it, man. In That's the universe. It. In the universe. It makes, it makes no sense. It's so dumb. It could have given it a little more thought process. This this could have been this could have been really cool, um, and they didn't make it cool. I, I like your idea of being a divining rod. That, that Q's it would have been cool if Q's don't really have any power over Elalorians. That would have been kind of neat. Because yeah, we talked about that before where Whoopi doesn't really disappear when the rest of everybody disappears when in Q who like yeah, she's make- still behind the bar, but everybody else is gone because Q got rid of them. Yeah, she they wouldn't you know. need powers if they simply were nullifiers, basically, to the Q. Yes. And that would make that would explain why Q is afraid of her because he can't do anything to her. Yeah, that, that would explain why Q has an issue with her, and that would also explain why she doesn't have powers. It's not right. that she doesn't have powers, her passive innate ability is that the Q can't control them. That's it. That's that, it. That would have been why aren't you a writer? Just because just call, because just call, call up Patrick Stewart and say, listen, because we don't out. have the right messaging. <laughs> <laughs> all right first we have to include that the oil is killing the planet and uh right. you know yeah. the wrong people are running the world right so. so when she did this did it look like she was making fun of Guinan for a second no she did that on purpose so she said she wanted to incorporate that because Guinan did it and it was such an important part of her character she really wanted that to be a part of this so she thought she would include it as part of the seance the problem with that is Guinan does it when Q's already there, like she's going to zap him. So if using that to say, that's how I called you, Q, isn't, it just doesn't line up with what actually happened. Oh, I thought she used it because she thought that maybe the guy coming in was Q. No, no. She used it because, and she's talked about it in the ready room afterwards. She it said, so she did, weird, she did though. It. it looked like she was mocking the original Guinan. And I like this actress, but it almost like the way she did it and has like a half smile on her face almost looked like she was mocking the original Guinan. It didn't mm. look like a serious thing. And I guess, I guess it's hard to make this kind of, it's hard to serious. tell maybe. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. Oh, I hate it so much. And then, Oh, lo and behold, everybody. 
Now the FBI are involved. Holy crap. Yeah, Holy I don't crap. think it's the FBI, though. Oh, so, yeah? No, because um, Jay Carnes, who played this, this, this FBI agent here, mm-hmm. he was also Lieutenant Duquesne in Star Trek Voyager's uh, episode Relativity during season five. It was episode 23. And that was when um, he, he played a time agent oh. who took seven of nine out of, out of Voyager, remember? And oh, my around. God. So it's the same actor. He's, right? playing, he's playing the same character. It's got to be the same character because why would you bring that guy back? You know, and you also have seven in the show. So they're going to run into each other, which could be kind of cool. And uh, you've got Guinan already like calling him out in, in the preview coming up for next episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a time agent or whatever. He's a time agent, bro. He's got to be. I like that because uh, if you just introduced a whole new thing with the FBI, I would have been like, come on on i know that would have been so not cool especially since the fbi has nothing to do with this kind of thing nothing. like this would be this would not be the fbi this would be like like the people who uh the people out at uh area 51 that's who would have been involved in this it would probably be sg1 <laughs> yeah sg1 yeah. yeah stargate command would definitely be involved with looking for aliens yeah, so this is going to be interesting. They would not have included, at least I don't believe they would have included the same actor. No, you don't got to pay pay that guy. You can get any random dude to play that character. If he's right. Away. He's not. You're right. He's a time agent. He's yes. a time agent. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, the last thing I want to mention. Bro, you, should have, you should have saved that for a Prime video, dude. What do you think? What's that? The time oh, the fact that he's here. in that episode? Yeah, that would, been, that would have been an epic theory. Well, I mean, I feel like it's... I, we could, but it feels to me like it's too obvious. I mean, like as soon as he showed up, I'm like, oh, okay. Well, it's one of my favorite I episodes, and I didn't even recognize him. I guess some people didn't recognize. Him. I'm, right. I'm, I'm pretty. I know Voyager really well, so maybe that's what it All is. Right. Um, the interesting thing here is, remember the bar where Girati goes in and um, breaks the glass to raise her endorphins, oh, so yeah. she can, so the board queen can remain in control of Seven. Right. The singer that's in that on the stage uh is patrick stewart's wife so the girl that's up there singing uh her name is sunny ozell and that's patrick stewart's wife and she wow. actually is a singer and she's singing one of her own songs and hey, she's sort of young she's youngish looking yes she's much younger than, than patrick stewart is mm. but i thought that was interesting that she was she had a little cameo there i gotta tell you oh damn i didn't want to do that i gotta tell you uh the- <laughs> The FBI agent guy, he he did a really good job in that in that bar when he was like making small talk and all that. Yeah, that was good. I liked it. I totally bought that he was just like being annoying. And when he busted out the badge, I'm like, oh snaps. No, oh, he was there for a reason. You could tell. Like, there's no way I, that... I didn't tell immediately, but then so he reads out the badge. I'm like, oh, that was cool. And I'm like, oh god damn, it's freaking FBI now. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny. And then oh so Picard leaves his comm badge, right? Which we're gonna find out this guy actually picked it up. I got a question for you. Where is Rios's com badge? I know for real, dude. They they at least please tell us what happened to it. It's yeah. still in the clinic, or he got it back. Yeah. Please, because it's so stressful that that he just left it. You and can't it, leave such advanced technology yeah, just like without out. showing us that he got it back or something. You know? Right? Yeah, they're not even going to. That's that's the sad part. All right. Um, that's all we've got. Let's wrap this up. That's uh. So uh, give me your thoughts. Uh five star rating what, what do you got oh for the episode one to five stars for this episode um yeah i don't 
I don't know. Maybe like, uh, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. I would give, uh, the acting was really good, but they didn't move the storyline along. Um, it, it wasn't that it was bad. It was just kind of boring and there were some dumb things in it. I give it like a two. Yeah, I give it a two and that extra one that uh, it's really a one, but I'm giving it one star because one of our theories were proved uh, correct. So, yeah, I don't know if I like the five star system, to be honest with you. Maybe uh, we will come up with our own system. Just forced you to take have a, a harsh critic <clears throat> critique. No, I don't mind being a critic. I don't know if I like the five star system. We'll, we'll come up with something. Now, whatever it is, uh, not a great episode. Not a great episode. Not, I mean, not a great episode. It was like, eh, whatever. Did we learn anything? Not much. No. In fact, I feel like there was a lot of waste of time, the whole mindscape thing. I just. Yeah, we learned about Guinan. That was really the only thing that was that we really learned that, that mattered. I wanted to fast forward so bad during the whole mind thing. Yeah, it was boring. So boring. the acting in the very beginning was good, though. Between Picard and and um, and James Callis, that like back and forth, you know, thing yeah. was really cool in the first few minutes. Right. Oh, also, when, when they figured out that Girardi's uh, the Borg, like, we better call Picard. And I'm like, yeah, for what? What's he going to What's he gonna do? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I kind of thought the same thing. I'm like, what's Picard going to do? What's about Picard going to do? Is he, you know, gonna maybe he'll have an answer. Yeah. I would have called Seven. That's who I would have called. She probably knows more about it than anybody else. All right, guys. So that's, uh, that's it for the Picard review. Let us know what you guys think in the comment section below. And uh, that's about it. Let's look at the chats real quick. Yeah, we got some good chat stuff here. That's good chats. We got some good chats. Let's see. Stress free K. Also, it probably would have been Homeland Security. Yes, that's probably who it would have been. Homeland Security. NSA or the Air Force, possibly. I'm telling you. SG1. Stargate <laughs> Command. SG1. Bring them in. Bring them in. <laughs> How epic would that be, though? If someone in SGZ pad patch uh, shows up. <laughs> I know, right? And you know what's interesting is they got him because he, uh, they they caught him once again. How many times have people been caught transporting in and out in this show so far? I know. I know. You know, it's like uh, they got him on a camera, a close up on him zooming. Yeah. Uh, the camera happened to be right there, and then understand. of course Guinan's like, "Oh, that's right, I got cameras outside." This is one of those times when they do it again, where they're like totally explaining dumb things. Like Guinan's like, "Oh yeah, I had cameras outside of my place." No duh, like. Obviously, there's a camera out there. Why do you need to waste time telling us that? Ugh. It's weird, isn't it? I don't know. What else we got? Stress-free K, 7.5. Okay, I like the 1 out of 10 scale. That's good because it does give more nuance. See, the problem with 1 out of 5 is that you always end up like at 2.5 for stuff. So you can give more nuance. So they say 7.5 because the dream stuff was boring. And I, yeah, I agree with that. Fair. Uh, what's the deal with the magic key? Yeah, that's going to be the key that Picard lets his mom out. You know, in his mind, in the little story he's telling, it's a magic key, but obviously uh, <gasps> dad had to lock mom up for her safety, and so he'll probably use a real key to get her out. Bro, I just had a wild podcast profit theory. Let's hear it. He, he uses his mind key to unlock his mom. His mom takes over his personality. He transitions to a woman and becomes the board queen. That's Boom. why. That's why the masked board queen says, "Look up." You nailed it. Yeah. Nailed it. Yeah. His mom. Yeah. Assimilates his mind. Okay. And she, and then he becomes the board queen. 
Is he going to compete against uh, other women in sports or something? No, oh, it, it's he's going to compete against Girardi, and that'll be the social yes to be the new board queen. Got that'll it. be the social uh, uh, lesson for everyone. Okay, anyone can be a board queen. Actually, it's funny. I did see a comment somewhere where somebody said Picard will be the new board queen, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like it was the one that the board queen. And somebody's like, "Wait a sec, did you just say Picard will be the board queen?" And it was funny because that's kind of what everybody was thinking. I mean, I I, I can tell you, I I I, I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> Let's see. Dork Knight's got a 3.5 or 4 out of 10. Uh, okay, that's pretty low. Timo Hoffman, can the temporal agency please look at the U.S. discovery and fix it? Timo, discovery's off the off the chart, bro. It's done. Yeah. It's good. It's, it, they they <clears throat> sent it to the future, and they're, they're keeping it going for some reason, but it's not a part of anything going on now. So we can just pretend like discovery... We can we can do exactly what CBS Paramount's doing. They're pretending like C, like Discovery never happened. Yeah, that's essentially it. When they went to the future, like, okay, close the seals. No one ever talks about this again. They literally <laughs> said that, like Spock. They never did, ever yeah. it ever again. Yeah. And that's when things started to change in Trek. You know, we're going to talk about it more. You're going to hear it more in the in the article tomorrow. But pay close attention to the things that have changed in Picard season two going into season three. And the one thing we haven't mentioned is. Hey, the, the OG crew is coming back. TNG crew's back, bro. Season three, right? Watch tomorrow for a video that's going to break your brain a little bit about how that's going to be integrated into, into the upcoming season. Speaking of, Dork might just said, Brian just blew my mind. I think he's being sarcastic. Though, I, I, right? You're being sarcastic. Yeah, because, yeah. I like your theory, though, because that's kind of the way the world seems to be going right now. If, if that happened, man, I think... If it happened, I would just laugh and be like, all right, well, not a big surprise there. But you know, it's not going to happen because Terry Metalis is in, is in charge and Terry Metalis is, is, is a good guy. Terry Metalis is a genius, but I don't know if he's the one steering the ship totally. I think that there is a, I think Akiva Goldsman, Goldsman, whatever, has, has his hand thoroughly on that rudder. So maybe the story not points... Anymore. No, even Akiva Goldsman has taken off to go to. Uh, well, now we'll have to see what happens with Will Smith. He was supposed to take off to do uh, the uh, the I Am Legend um, continuation movie. <laughs> well, yeah, so he's a- not a part of Picard season three at all. In fact, Metallus is the sole uh, the sole showrunner for season three. Uh, I Am Legend two is just uh, Will Smith running from an army of Jada Pinkett Smiths. <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh, the, the whole Will Smith thing is interesting to talk about. I know we don't have it in here, but you know he's banned from the Oscars for ten years. There's a whole. It's like now that everybody's like they looked around to check to see if it was okay to start, you know, going against Will Smith. And now that it's been okay, now everybody's going to go against him. Yeah, poor, you notice that poor like, guy was like, "Okay, everybody, I'm sorry. Um, because of my actions, I'm going to rehab." And I gotta know what the the f does rehab have to do with you slapping someone like? What are you addicted to slapping people? Like, what's the point of re you're going to rehab? Like, where's the addiction? You can't say you're addicted to violence when this is your first time being violent. Like, yeah, it's just that the it's the normal celebrity thing. I made a mistake. I'm gonna go to rehab. I'll yep. come out of a, a clean man. Like he could have just said, I'm going to counseling. Yeah, he could have you just know what I mean? I'm he could have just counseling. said nothing. 
He could have just said nothing and waited like four months. Oh, he no, he needed to say he was doing something about it because all the punishments were coming. Everything okay. was happening. He needed to say something. You're right. What he, he should have said say, was, I divorced Jada that. Pinkett Smith. <laughs> well, that I don't even know if that would have been good for him. Like, that's what he should do. But but socially and everything they're trying to protect, you know, I don't know. We'll see what's going on. Nah. They're probably going to bond their family back together. What Jada needs to do is come out and say, I'm a one woman gal. I'm a one man gal from now on. And it's, it's Will Smith. She's never going to say that. I she, know. She she loves she loves the multiple partners, man. That's his problem. Yeah. Yeah. One of them. All right. So um, let's move on to our next story here. We're going to talk about everyone's. <laughs> Second favorite ensign, Will Whedon. <laughs> right. Shut up. Everyone's Wesley. second. That was that was good, dude. That was a good shot. Actually, I got that from you. That was your line. You wrote that for me. But I got to tell you, it's 100% true because Harry Kim is my favorite. Forever ensign. Will Forever. Wheaton moved by Jerry O'Connell's apology for being unaware of child abuse. You were 11. This is, you know why? I, I'm so, I'm so conflicted, Brian. I liked, okay, and a lot of people didn't. I liked Wesley Crusher in TNG. I liked the kid. I liked the character. I was a kid, a little bit older, but I was a kid. And so, you know, I could relate to wanting to be in that position, you know, and to be doing what he's going through. And so there were a lot of episodes that I liked him in, in that show. And I know we tease him and make a lot of fun of him and stuff. Um, but the grown up that is Will Wheaton is just embarrassing i don't know what the right word is like he i watch these uh after shows with him every week and it's just so cringy with him yeah, like it's cringe you no know, it's obvious that like he's left out of the loop of star trek really i mean he got this gig which is cool for him but it's like he doesn't quite measure up to all the other actors that were on the original show and he's constantly trying to like like lodge himself into them somehow or make himself a part of that family in a way. And then yeah. it's like uncomfortable watching like Brent Spiner and, and Jonathan Frakes talk to him because they're like trying to like uh, stroke his ego and make him feel better about the fact that he's not really anything anymore. Um, it's really a weird like thing to watch yeah. and just his tone and the way he carries himself and the way he talks about himself is very, I don't know. Is the word sad? Is it very? No, yeah, it's it's yeah. Typical. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he is uh, like a super beta male, and he has this whole beta male sort of like uh, the way he holds himself and carries himself and talks is very like I don't. I, there's no other word for it than other than like beta. He doesn't have his own identity. His entire identity is attached to something that he is no longer part of anymore. And to be fair. I feel like it was super problematic having the traveler, an adult, take a child on a, an adventure in space. <laughs> I know, right? Right? Like, what were they very, thinking? That was so weird. That was kind of creepy. I mean, he was a technically an adult, I guess, because he's going, he went, he, well, he went to the Academy. He'd already been to Starfleet, or he was at Starfleet at the time when it happened, right? So, I mean, guys, technically he was an adult, but I do, it was a little bit weird. You're like, hey, Wesley. Come with me on an adventure. You're like, <laughs> no, bro. Oh my god. No, no, mom, don't let the stranger take Get me. off this ship, dude. <laughs> oh, that was such a weird episode, Shane. But, but to come episode. to find out, apparently, uh, Will Wheaton suffered uh, a lot of childhood abuse from his parents, as Jerry O'Connell. And the reason why this story is interesting is 
of course, we know Jerry O'Connell from Sliders. Right. But if you're a little bit older and you recall in the movie Stand By Me, which is a story written by Stephen King, um, those two actors, along with River Phoenix and uh, uh, I can't remember the other kid, but they were in this movie Stand By Me. And they played the kid version, right, of these characters. And it was actually a really great movie um, that did really well. But during this movie, um, apparently, Will Wheaton was suffering from his parents. His father was, um, I guess, mean to him. His mother was taking advantage of him. And I guess he was suffering during the making of that movie, especially. And so this entire podcast that he did with Jerry O'Connell, um, basically is Jerry O'Connell saying, Hey, you know, I wish I could have been there for you. And then you got Will Wheaton saying, well, you were 11. It's okay. It's kind of this weird, like, you know, Jerry O'Connell trying to recognize it because apparently they were friends. Um, but it's, it was just kind of an awkward thing, you know? Yeah. What's going on with, uh, I'm sorry, wrong screen. This dude right here, Corey Feldman. Have you seen him recently? Oh yeah. Corey. I forgot about him, bro. Why is he dressing like Michael Jackson? He's been doing that since he was a teenager, man. No, no. It's like, he's like in white face and the whole thing. Like, it's weird, bro. Really? It's weird. I don't know if you've seen him recently. Oh. He has like this like death metal group where he has angels playing guitars. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. Let's see. Images. Especially considering let's, that let's I was on. told growing up that I look like that guy. I'm like, all right. <laughs> no, go. he does look like Michael. Hey, pull up a picture. Show Wait, me. wait, wait. Super chat. We have a super chat. Jeremy Snyder said, just oh, chesting the super chat. Thank you, Jeremy. I love you, man. Love you, man. And it does work. Yeah, boy. Wait, Jeremy, that's our first official super chat. Our first podcast official super chat. Screenshot it. NFT time. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? I'm just going to randomly say NFT when I don't understand things. I'm like, oh, look at that. NFT. Oh, NFT. Oh, one of the one of the comments we had on on our NFT video was was this guy who wrote like an essay about why NFTs are good, and like his whole reasoning was like because they're attached to real world things like concert tickets and memberships. I'm like, yeah, but the Star Trek ones aren't attached to anything. So your entire five page essay, my my bro, uh-huh. is invalid because you're saying that they're worth something because they're attached to real world things, but the Star Trek NFTs aren't attached to anything. They're just computer-driven, algorithm-created artwork. I don't, yeah, I don't get it. And I'm I'm still like, I kind of get it. Like, okay, they're making art that's going through the blockchain, which is why it's worth $5 trillion every time you buy one. I don't know, I don't get it. That's but not right. why. It's 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 because it's, it's, it's only worth that because someone said it's worth that. I know. Case in point, the first ever million-dollar NFT was... What it was, Jack Dorsey's very first tweet. If you recall, he literally That's interesting. he made yeah he made his NFT. He made his very first tweet an NFT sold for a million dollars. The guy recently put it on auction last week. Guess how much it sold for? How much? Two hundred seventy-three dollars. Uh, well, that's funny. He's not going to so- accept. The, he's obviously not going to accept the sale. But that was the highest bid was two hundred and seventy-three dollars. Okay. Can you tell me the difference between this really quick? Because I want to see Corey Feldman's Michael Jackson, but really quick. What's the difference between an NFT and me screenshotting Jack Dorsey's first tweet and saving it as a JPEG? 
<laughs> What's the difference? I'll tell you what the difference is. Someone uh, took time to mine that JPEG into the blockchain so it would be a permanent record. So that when you sold that permanent record, whoever owns that permanent record owns that permanent record of that screenshot. But that's okay. the only difference. So it's, it's worthless. There's no point. Yes, I got it. okay. It's worthless. And the NFTs that are worth something like, oh, you buy this NFT of um, Coachella or whatever. You have a lifetime membership to Coachella. You never have to pay again. Okay. Well, that does have a value. Okay. Yeah. But there are, guys, out of the thousands of NFTs, it's very rare that any of them have any actual real, real world connection. The majority of the high price NFTs are 8-bit MS Paint gorillas. I swear to God, it's the weirdest well, thing. It's like people are treating it like an investment, like artwork, like, like you would art but you got to have a community so i guess if you have a community of like rabid nft fans who want to own a bunch of nfts that they can't freaking hang on their walls for other people to look at then you know i guess that would make it valuable in its own way because i'm not going to spend five million dollars because somebody took poop and sprayed it all over a thing and hung it on the wall but at and least that's, that's a physical thing you can actually hang in your house <laughs> That's true. That's you know what true. I mean? Like, I would argue that that is worth more than Jack Dorsey's first tweet. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, I, I see in this, in all of this, these Corey Feldman images I'm seeing on Google, when you look it up, almost every one of them looks like Michael. He even has pictures where, like, his one strand of hair comes down the side of his face. Uh, yeah, he's definitely all in on Michael Jackson. Again, Wasn't he, like, the one... Been. Wasn't he like the one guy too that came out in that doc? He was like, "Look, uh, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Michael, Michael never, never uh, molested me or whatever. He he was yeah. Very, he's very clear on it. Yeah, he said Michael never molested me, and he he told me that 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 was a roll of pennies that was actually poking <laughs> me in the back. You know what? Telling his change. If I was a if I was a child a child psychologist, and I can go forward in time and see him now, I'd be like. So yeah, listen, um, now that I see that you're dressing up as Michael Jackson on a daily basis, I'm going to go ahead and say, I don't believe you. Yeah, I don't believe you. Not only you want to be Michael Jackson so bad, you have a little bit of Michael in you somewhere. I'm sure. <laughs> no, no, Shane. What? No, no. Oh, Michael, no. Listen, I like Michael Jackson, but that dude was, a. and as far as I can believe i you don't have little kids sleep in your bed unless something's wrong with you well yeah especially yeah. they're not your kids someone was like well I, you know it was a bit you know he didn't have a regular room it was like a giant room I'm like, okay well if he has a giant room where kids and him can sleep comfortably without having to touch each other then i think the parents can also join them i don't understand why they couldn't be allowed i and what parents like oh sure mike go ahead and take my kid in your room by yourself yeah, parents uh, who want you know two or three million dollars. Yes, there are parents out there, disgusting parents. That is believe, some you know? despicable behavior, hey, man. Like Will Wheaton's parents, because obviously you don't stick your kid into acting unless you're something in it for you. Hell of a segue, bro. I was really trying to get away from Will Wheaton, and you just segued right back because yeah. that's what the story's about. You know, I like Jerry O'Connell. I you know I like I don't know. This is part of my youth. It's part of your youth. It's it's something that's interesting to me. So I just thought it was cool that sliders, Jerry O'Connell and star Trek next generation. Will Wheaton got together to cry about childhood abuse. I just want to see a Goonies remake and I want 
all the original Goonies to be now parents to the new Goonies. Uh, that would be interesting. Yeah. Why not? Oh, it would be. They They're, would be. They would be grandparents. But yeah. No, Corey Feldman wouldn't be a grand. He'd be a father, I think. Right. No, no. Uh, Corey Feldman is older than you, and at least my age. What? Yep. Corey Feldman's fifty years old, my brother. Jeez. Uh, you, know what, Ollie, what, you know what? When you were making your ninth Fast and the Furious movie, remember this. You missed the chance to make Goonies 2 with the with the original kids now being parents to a new set of kids. You could have literally remade Goonies every 22 years with the mm. previous kids being parents to the new kids. It could have been a rite been of cool. passage for my kids and my grandkids and my grand-grandkids. All right. All right, keep yeah. making Fast and Furious, though, please. It didn't work out. It didn't work out. You know, it's you're right. It's a way. It's a miss. Big miss. Speaking of, uh, I, I believe Brie Larson is joining Fast and Furious Ten. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Just when you I thought it couldn't get any more ridiculous. Well, up. now I'm 100 not going to watch the next Fast. Brie and Larson's Furious. knocking on the door. Hey Ben. Hey, can I come in? I'm not <laughs> watching that movie now. I just can't. I'm I not found, watching anything that woman's in. I found out today that Vin Diesel is not uh, his real name. Oh, yeah. No, it's not. I we, didn't know that. No, we knew that. I didn't. You I'm knew sorry, that. Bro. I didn't know that. Bro, come on. Who's going to name their kid Vin Diesel? Look, I'll, I thought it was like Vincent Diesel or something like that. <laughs> on, so this guy literally hey. picked the most like 80s gay name you can possibly pick. You want to be an action star, bro. All right. I get it. That's it. He wanted to be an action star, and he did it. Kudos to him. My new my new name is Muscle Man Davis. <laughs> well, let's see. You had uh, Sylvester Stallone, which that was his name. You had all these names out there. I guess he just had to go with something all right. angry sounding. All right. Well, what's next? Uh, we've got Discovery purchase of Warner Media will be DC on steroids. But what's about to happen to your HBO Max? Ooh. Oh, yeah. This is actually bad news. So we're acting oh, like we, it's good, can news, we do the, bad news. Oh, real quick. Can we do the chat real quick? Oh, yeah. Because, uh, okay. Yeah, let me um, switch back to this one. Boom. Hey, good to see you, Marcus. Marcus, haven't seen Marcus in a long time. Good to see you on the show, man. I see Marcus all the time on Facebook. What's up, bro? Yeah, he's on Facebook and he's in Discord, which, by the way, if you guys haven't joined our Discord, go check it out. It's a good chat over there. Um, Archmage, Archmage Frey, the end goal for NFTs is to hang them in your virtual home in the metaverse, LOL. You know, it's funny, Archmage. You're right. That is the, I have heard that. And uh, someday people might be LOLing us, but I think it's a long way in the future, if ever. Yeah, you, you know what NFTs remind me of? It's like, if you play video games and you you could buy like battle chest and like you can buy a battle chest and you can open it up and or something random skin or something comes out that you can use to customize your experience in the game, right? Right. Um, and that's sort of what an NFT is. It doesn't actually have any intrinsic value, but in some way you can customize your experience. And you can also flex on other players and show them your super rare, you know, skins and whatnot. But NFTs are like that, but without any of the ability to flex right. or customize anything. No. It's like all the profit of a weird digital skin, but none of the benefit to the person buying it. I, I don't know. 
it's all strange to me it's the I weirdest don't... thing so weird anyways uh, hey dude, don't forget to hit that subscribe button we almost forgot to say that because we oh we had thousand thousand subs we stopped talking about it i know you're right we got uh, well subs. we don't need any more subscribers there we go uh dork knight i guess he's leaving to go to another stream okay that's cool later dork knight hey, what, uh danny what Rowe? Stream are you going to bro how dare you no, i'm kidding he's doing you know he's doing another he's doing one yeah hey, i'm joking i'm joking i know oh i see uh danny Rowe. Corey feldman said he was abused by several others in hollywood uh that would not surprise me danny good to see you uh jerry o'connell is star trek 2 that's right lower decks um you don't see his face but he is definitely a voice so that's cool um boom 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 probably the other lost sister to dom yeah it's it's either dom's sister but it's likely brian's sister no it's brian's sister yeah brie larson mark my words okay i mean i could be wrong but i am almost positive in my own head canon here brie larson is playing brian's sister and they're finally going to reveal that something bad happened to brian and that brought in Brie Larson. I'm not watching it. Her, his long lost sister. Because what is it all about, Shane? Family. Family. It's but about family. family. And she's going to take Brian's place. And I guarantee you, the franchise was already on. You know, let me. Uh, when you send your uh, street racers to space, you've ran out of things to do. When you bring art, bring Brie Larson to a franchise, you've ran out of things to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not going to see that movie now. hundred percent. I don't want to, I don't want to watch that. So I didn't want to really watch the last one. I'm definitely not watching the next one. And I'm on the, I'm on, uh, I'm on the rock side of this whole thing. Sorry. You watched the last one because you, because, because we talked about it for three months about them going into space. I had to see that. And I also wanted to see if John Cena could act and we found out that was not the case. So, well, at least not in this, he was great in Peacemaker. Right, yeah, he can't do serious roles. He's a funny guy. Right, you really can't do. All right, what are we doing now? Oh, we're talking Discovery. Yeah, talk about discuss not not Star Trek Discovery. Thank God, Discovery. Oh, I wasn't even thinking about that at all. You know, I didn't know Discovery had this much juice where they can like buy Warner Media. Did you know Discovery's that big? They didn't really buy it. So AT and T owns owns them all, right? And so oh, this is shenanigans. So Discovery, the Discovery Channel is owned by AT&T. So they've got, but they, but they operate on their own. It's like a buy within a buy. Uh, and, and I learned all this in a really weird way because I was looking at my stocks and I realized that my AT&T stock just dropped like crazy. Right. I'm like, what the heck just happened? Right. Why did my AT&T stock drop? Well, it's because when Discovery bought Warner, um warner media discovery wmd ticker symbol i was given a bunch of shares of that and so now it kind of offset the at&t stock so it's it's just a weird thing so you now own own warner media i immediately sold it so (laughs) (laughs) i immediately sold it because i i don't have a lot of faith that discovery the problem with discovery channel is that and things are going to happen here. You got to guys got to remember the streaming wars. We are still like in the infancy stages of all this stuff where you're going to have a lot of people like eating each other. And then we'll end up with like the big ones here coming down the road. Discovery is trying to squeeze in here um, by buying Warner Media and turning themselves into something. But Discovery has been losing money for so long that I just don't believe in them. 
Um, hey, how does it work? Because I have, I have a discovery. Uh, I own. I got. I have the discovery streaming service, and I have the HBO streaming service. So are they going to combine? At some point, they will. They have. They have said they they will at some point combine. So I'm going to save seven dollars a month. Um, no, they'll probably just charge more. Oh God. So what will happen is you're paying $9.99 a month for HBO right now. And you're paying, I think, $6.99 for Discovery. Right. Yeah. Um, so you'll just end up paying some sort of larger fee down the road uh-huh. for both of them. But what's really weird is um, <clears throat> there's a lot of there's a really a lot around this story. So let's say the first thing that we can talk about is so you guys know, Warner Brothers is, is now owned by Discovery and they are planning to make changes. So. Yeah, well, you've got this one article here about the subscription, but we got another article. I actually had two of them up. This one? Yeah, they're going to change Warner Brothers? Yeah. I got okay. both of them up. I got both of them, bro. I'm, I'm a sorry. good producer. Got, my, you are a good producer. I got the wrong one up. Okay, that's fine. Um, <clears throat> essentially, they. <laughs> this is tied into so many things. There's actually multiple stories. Did I include this someplace else? So that we're going to go back to back, right? So we've got <clears throat> Discovery's purchase of Warner will be DC on steroids. And what about your HBO Max? And on top of that, we have the Snyder Cut is being blamed for HBO Max subscription woes. Thank you, Grace Randolph, for putting that out. Although I'm not sure she's right. Um, so we've got kind of this whole conglomerate talking about. So first off, let's just say Discovery bought Warner and now they're going to change <clears throat> DC. What they want is they want to, because they just spent so much money and Discovery is, you know, have no, they have no cash, they're, they're bleeding revenue, they need to make money. So here's the one thing they're going to do. They're going to take DC and they're going to do a whole lot of stuff with it. So if you're a DC fan, get ready. We're about to get a whole lot more content in the vein of Marvel that we've already seen. Yeah, but we're so going to get like a bunch shows. of like weird, crappy characters. We're not going to get Superman. We're not going to get anyway right. batman we're gonna get like batgirl supergirl uh the new uh aqualad or whatever we're getting weird characters we're not getting real like the core characters well they did say to think of like um the joker the the one we got the the huge film that came out yeah and think think along those lines and them doing that with more characters that's kind of what they're thinking yeah, so we want to repeat the $2 billion film we, we made. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Right, and the reason this is important is because of this, um, and now coming out that, you know, Grace Randolph is reporting that the Snyder Cut is basically being blamed, that because it didn't bring in enough HBO Max subscriptions, like Discovery now wants to go a different direction with DC and we're going to completely get rid of anything that has to do with the Snyder cut. And we're not, you know, that it just, it basically destroyed itself. Wait, are we talking about that right now? I thought we were saving that for the other half. Let's just do it for both. Let's do both. Right. Uh, okay. <clears throat> okay. I mean, if you want, I mean, we, it's, it seems like it's all tied into each other here. Okay. Because the whole reason why DC is going to go on steroids is basically being blamed by the Snyder cut, not bringing in a, enough subscriptions. Well, I mean, I feel like they did make a little bit of a mistake when you made a four-hour film. Did you really expect like all of all of the people out there to watch all four hours in one shot? Because that's their metrics. A lot of people—they don't have to, right? They don't need to watch the whole film. They, 
HBO or they don't make any extra money if you watch five minutes or you watch four hours. Right. But they would have gotten more subscribers had they released the four hour film in as a miniseries, like four, you know, I don't weekly episodes. Think so. Why? Why would you get more subscribers? Well, so first off, people wouldn't be, you, you got to at least have, that, that two week trial ain't going to work if you got to watch all four episodes. A. B. You would have had a lot more people out there covering the show if you released it as a four four episode miniseries. Okay. I yeah, okay. You blew so, your wad really quick with a four hour movie. A bunch of people talked about it, then it was over. No, there's a lot going into the okay. So okay. I see what you're saying, and maybe there's some value to that. But you have to subscribe to watch it in the first place. So you subscribe to find out eh, it's too long, it's boring, I didn't like it, whatever. Now, I'll argue that it's one of the greatest movies ever made. It is one of the greatest movies. I okay. love the movie. I'm just saying, right. I feel like they could have gotten more bang for their buck had it been a four-episode. Not four really. Episode. It's a month. So even if it had been four episodes, you've got one month of subscription. Are they saying, and this is this is the metric that I'm not hearing. The metric I'm hearing is people watched it and said they didn't want, and, and, and HBO is saying they didn't watch all all four hours. So therefore it's, it's a failure. No, bro, because they had no, because at the time they had that seven day trial going on. People were signing up for a trial, watching the well, film. That's their own stupidity. It's that's, not, that's it's why not. I said, I said it was stupid. They, they, they should have maximized their efforts and, you know, forced them to actually keep the subscription for longer than trial. Right. So they would have realized the value in it if they would have done oh, that. But they're saying they didn't get subscribers. So I guess what I'm trying to say is what they are saying, what Grace Randolph is saying, not enough people signed up because of the Snyder Cut. They thought, OK, we're going to do the Snyder Cut because we're going to get all these subscribers to HBO Max. Who's Grace Randolph? Uh, Grace Randolph. She's the big reviewer, big YouTube reviewer. You see, you watch her. Oh, oh, yeah. OK. Yeah. Blonde. She's lady. actually interviewed. um um, Zack Snyder, yeah, you know, Blonley with the with the glasses and the really bad microphone, right? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. She, I don't know how you can have that many subs, subs and not buy a better microphone. I'm she's kind of become respectable as far as insider stuff and things like that. Okay. The problem I have with it is it just doesn't make any sense to me. So like she keeps saying, "Well, you DC fans loved it, but the normies, the grandmas, and the moms, and the dads, and the people who aren't DC fans." Well, they only watched a little bit of it because it was too long and it was boring. Well, I just don't understand the argument because those people still had to subscribe to watch it. And maybe what she's saying is, is they left HBO Max after they didn't say that, though. So they're trying to use this metric. I think what's happening is, is they want to separate themselves from um, from the Snyder Cut and from that universe so badly because of everything that happened that they're using any excuse they possibly can to cancel it that's what i'm saying yeah what's the point of bastardizing this i mean the real mistake that 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 hbo made was make was releasing every movie straight to streaming for anybody who was already a subscriber it's a huge mistake yeah. now they're not doing that everything's releasing to the movie theater first right but also you know? having a seven-day trial during your four-hour film like I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not a, not enough people stayed after that. But I mean, what did you guys think that was going to happen? Even if you loved, even if you loved this Justice League movie, even if it was like the most amazing thing you've ever seen, 
if you don't have other good HBO content, why would anybody stay after watching the one thing they came to see? You can't blame um, the Snyder Cut for HBO not being successful if they came to watch it on the free thing. If they didn't stick around, that's not that. That's not that show's fault, right? Well, there's a lot of DC. Like, if, if you like that, there's a lot of other DC content there. There's not as Max, good as that. Well, no, no. To be fair, I don't think there's a single DC property that's as good as that, right? But if you like that and you want to know more and you want to get more into the DC universe, they literally have like every movie, every cartoon, every. TV series like they have Star Girl and Suicide Squad and they have everything, dude. Teen Titans or whatever. They have a lot of DC stuff. So I get it. They're like, oh well, they're gonna come, they're gonna sign up for the trial, they're gonna watch this movie, they're gonna be really into it, and they're gonna keep their trial. Well, maybe <laughs> either don't give them a seven-day trial or spread the movie out. Because if they like the movie, they're gonna stick around for the entire time and they'll get more into HBO. People sign up for the trial, watch the HBO, watch the movie, and then left. They didn't even look at whatever else HBO had to offer because HBO actually has a lot to offer. HBO is a great service. Yeah, I just don't understand why they're blaming the Snyder Cut for this. Why right. would they blame it? It doesn't make any sense to me. They showed up to watch it, you right? Know? And, yeah, it wasn't the Snyder Cut's problem. It was your stupidity. You 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 are bad at marketing, and you didn't understand the basic concept that people like free stuff. Right. And it's, and actually it's not an easy uh, streaming platform to navigate. So you obviously didn't market your other content appropriately for those people to stick around. So stop saying the Snyder cuts a failure. And I'm not, and and I get, there's a lot of people that are crazy rabid fans, rabid about the Snyder cut and they're very vocal. And that may be having some impact on, on why the studio is not treating it, you know, with enough respect or not doing something with it. I get, we're not going to get any more Snyder cut stuff. But let's just stop beating it up because it's one of the greatest th- greatest movies ever made. Yeah, Marcus, Stargirl and Superman and Lois are actually really good TV shows. They're underrated, and no one watches them because they're on HBO Max. Yeah, so I don't, I don't, I don't have a good feeling about the future of Discovery slash uh, Warner Media slash HBO Max unless they can figure. They need to find their their footing, you know, like. Marvel did. DC needs to find it. And the fact that they had this great beginning with uh, Man of Steel and BVS and the Justice League, and now they're completely changing directions again. It means that they're going to continue to be sporadic until they find their footing. And until that happens, they're not going to have rabid fans stick around. Yeah. Mr. H reported that uh, he, he got some leak or whatever from um, Flashpoint. And I guess what his source was telling him was that Flashpoint is going to completely erase Superman from... So they're not actually re- leaving Snyderverse. They're just um, changing it in such a way that it's not Snyderverse anymore. So Flashpoint's going to erase Superman because instead of Superman breaking Zod's neck, um, Zod kills Superman. Mm-hmm. So that's what happened in Flashpoint. So Zod is still alive. And Supergirl ha- ends up being the new Superman. I hate so, all this. It's dumb. So on so on Superman front, they're not. Rem- and it's it's the worst part about this is instead of just like starting over with a with a, even though we love the Snyder stuff. All right, let's say, all right, we don't like the way this is going. We don't like the direction. It's all over the place. There's too many, ch- ch- you know, chiefs in the in the in the teepee, whatever, ch- mm-hmm. chefs in the kitchen. 
All right, let's get one guy in there to run it all and not not Hermata, whatever his name is, that only write, only makes movies about the comic books that he wrote, please. Get an actual Feige-type person in there to run this series. No, they go, no, we're going to keep going in the same direction, but because we know fans like the Snyder stuff, we're going to not, we don't want to remove that. Instead, we're just going to use time travel and crap to completely erase its existence so that we can keep it as canon, but do whatever we want and continue making wrong, bad, bad decisions with our property. Yeah, I hate it. It's dumb. Very dumb. And now Ezra Miller is an absolute mess. So he's not going to stay the flash. Yeah. So yeah. So that whole thing's now done. I mean, it's just like they're in this constant state of quasi, we don't know what the heck we're doing and we can't stick to anything. So sorry, fans, you know, hopefully we get our crap together at some point because DC is arguably the better comics. So yeah. I don't know. And I guess the Snyderverse, like super fans out there are like, uh, they're like following Warner Brothers around and just like, <laughs> yeah, screwing yeah. up their other movies and stuff. Is that what's going on? I mean, there's it's become like this little army, which is not. I mean, I get you, you want to be heard, you know, and you know, there's it's in a way they're probably making it a little worse, but it, it, the damage is done. When the stuff with Cyborg happened, it was over. That was it. That was right. the end. So right. you know, it's it's over. And now Zach. Uh, Snyder's he's pretty much moved on. I mean, it's it's over, guys. So now we just have to wait and see what happens and pray that they recognize what's really great about DC and focus on that. You but see, Grace I, Randolph is wrong right here in this tweet. She said, Hey, they did, and unfortunately, releasing the Snyder Cut didn't drive their subscription numbers right as hope. What's the that's the point you guys are missing? They did work with you and didn't get the results they wanted. Otherwise, they still would be. That's yeah. not true. That's that's the way I feel. Like that's not true. First off, they didn't work with. They didn't go. Oh, the fans want this. Let's give it to you. No, no. COVID happened, and they yep. they needed something. They needed some kind of big flagship thing to launch their streaming service to try to take advantage of this COVID uh, problem. And so they they go. Oh, everybody wants Snyder cut. You know, we can get Zach put a bunch of money dump uh, back up a bunch of money up to Snyder's house and have him make another cut and boom it had nothing to do with continuing his story it had everything to do with the fact that you couldn't shoot movies right it had everything to do with that it had nothing to do with working with fans or honoring his, his vision or trying to continue with that universe and it had everything to do with you can't make a movie but you got a lot of footage so let's let's squeeze some more blood out of these nickels that's what they did. And then it was a win, win, win. It was it, win, win, win for everybody. And it wasn't, and it wasn't because it wasn't a windfall because you're bad marketing, your, your really bad, uh, navigation, your stupid idea of having a seven day trial and not releasing it properly. Your decisions are why you didn't see the numbers you want when people came, watch it for free and left. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. Good point. All right. That said, Oh, you know what? You know what? You know what that really was? Rant of the week. It was the rant of the week. Nice. So I feel like that was the rant of the week by accident. Fair enough. So I have yet to really have a rant. But I know, I, I bro. Do... Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a rant. It was like our rant together. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So listen, uh, we are going over to the members section. So uh, if you would like to continue over to the members section with us, 
you can. And we're going to address the chat in there. Ken has been talking a lot. So if you guys want to come to the members section, I'm posting it in chat right now. It's also in the description. And if you are watching this on PCU, you'll see a popcast.co slash join. That will take you directly to that video. So come on over to the members section where we're talking about the Orville, actually, and Scott Grimes, Indiana Jones 5, and Nicolas Cage. Woo! Come on down, water's warm. I'm going to keep the, the audio on here for a little bit, but then I'm going to... I'm going to kill it because it takes a lot to stream both ways. So, boom. Appreciate you guys. And, yeah. And <clears throat> oh, you, you know what? Oh, real quick. Member stream. We'll see you guys next week, and we love you. I'm sorry. Real quick, real quick. If you guys are or if you're leaving, you're not coming to the member section, please hit the subscribe button if you haven't already, and comment on the way down. All right? Thank you. Okay. All right. Members time, baby. What up, members? What up, members? Ooh, Kenneth Roke over here. Kenneth's been talking to him. You want to address Kenneth real quick? Yes. I'll be watching. Let's see. Kenneth says, I'll be watching you, but I won't be watching the show. That's creepy, Ken. And I'm not exactly sure what that means, but I like it in some weird way. Well, I actually found out that Ken moved into the, the house next door. <laughs> nice. He's no longer in Canada. What? Yeah. He's been uh, he's been living me uh, uh, gifts, but it's weird because they're like dead birds and stuff, you know? <laughs> I'm cool with it. It's fine. You know, it, that's the way he shows love. I'm cool. I'm, it's, fine. it's fine. Ken's been with us a long time. We love you, Ken. Oh, uh, well, hold up. Orville Nation, real quick, on the other channel, right before I, yeah. I was about to stop the stream, and Orville Nation dropped a super chat. Oh. So you can still hear our audio, PJ. So here we go. Thank you. And Orville Nation says, congrats on monetization. Oh, thank you, man. My man. That means a lot. Go check out Orville Nation, of course. He's got great content. <clears throat> um so yes kenneth you know this is the thing i love about kenneth he's in my brain a lot so i was trying to find einstein's name when i was describing elon musk earlier and he put it out here in chat elon is like einstein he, that's one of the other characters he is for us right uh let's see the borg assimilation assimilates the q continuum that's great uh Ooh, advertise season maybe three, that's why they're through. so powerful in the in the future oh uh, advertise season three halfway through season two we're going to talk about that you know now that we're in the member section i think we can talk about it a little bit right how about what well he kenneth says advertise season three halfway through season two which oh. is kind of a bone of contention well yes. let's just put it this way in the video tomorrow ken uh and everybody listening it will tell you why they advertised season three halfway through season two when they should have waited. Yeah. We actually explained that. Yeah, we we addressed that. And I think that our addressing of that matter is completely understandable and makes complete yeah. sense. I think so, too. And we know exactly why they did it. And we, I got to be honest, when it first happened, I, I said on the show last week, it's weird. It's weird timing. I don't know why they wouldn't leave to the end. And then Shane came up with an idea. That makes complete sense. Such good sense that I believe wholeheartedly that Terry Metalis did this on purpose. All right. I agree. I think I think we're gonna, it's gonna be a good one too. So watch that video. Kenneth said that was bad, Shane. Go to the corner. Wait, what did I say? I don't remember that one. Oh, yeah, I remember what you said. Okay. You said something about the roll of pennies. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. That bad, Shane. Bad shame. That was wrong, but it was funny at the time. It was funny. Uh, I haven't seen a single Fast and Furious movie. It's okay, Ken. You don't need to. 
Uh, let's see. I mean, dude, Fast and Furious is a fun franchise. It's just it's just gotten really stupid over the last couple of movies. Yeah, I mean, it has it had its moments. Yeah. Jeremy's over here in the member section. Good to see you, Jeremy. And Jeremy, who gave us our first super chat. Yeah, what up, Jeremy? Archmage Frey is back. Glad to see you over here, buddy. It's nice to Archmage see so many people Frey. in the members live stream, you know? You know, you know what I love? I'm going to tell you what I really love. I love the fact that these dudes start over there and then come over here. Because that is fantastic. Okay? Yes. I appreciate that. Now, you can do whatever you want. You can just be in the members section. That's completely fine, too. But I do like that you come over there and you chat with us there and then come over here. So we get like we get like both uh, metrics. It's cool. Experiences. Yeah. And so, oh, Ken, Ken has got the uh, Borg Queen shirt, the seven of nine Borg Queen shirt. Oh, that's a good shirt. That's cool. All right. So what else can we say over in the member section? So we're sorry, guys. We wanted to give you uh, a sneak peek on our Picard review, Um, but with so much going on today, there's just no way we could squeeze it in yesterday. Um, but we will try to get back on doing that for you um, next week. So. Yes. <clears throat> in fact, we're going to have to do it next week because uh, we only have three stories in the member section now. Oh, yeah, good point. Yeah, you nixed one of them. I'm going to... Well, I didn't mean to nix it, but I started to realize, like, literally after about two minutes, I was done with that first part. And I'm like, there's really nothing else to say. Yeah. There's, there's not much to talk about for the merger and it's boring, but there's a lot yeah. to talk about for the Snyder cut thing. And now that I know for some reason, I couldn't place the whole grace, Ra- grace Randolph name for some reason, but yeah. dude, she is 100% wrong. And She's wrong, dude. And it's weird. Wrong. I used to be a fan of hers. And over the last few years, she has gotten more and more wrong. And it feels like she is more on the sides of, the side of studios instead of the side of fans. She's very much become a, a, a I don't want to say the word shill, but it feels that way. She's very much uh, become a, she's very shilly, very, very much become a shill for all these studios versus, I mean, dude, I mean, dude, she hasn't changed her stick. She's doing the same exact thing she was doing five years ago with apparently the same mic because her mic is garbage. Her webcam is garbage. She still uses OBS basic. She's still doing the same exact thing. Nothing has changed, but her attitude and her attitude toward fans have come have completely 180. Yeah, and and it's recognizable, and people are commenting that uh, she does seem to do that. So and get a get a mic, like for the love of God, get a mic, please. Just get a real mic. I, I'm so tired of hearing her voice crack when she gets when she gets loud. Get a mic, dude. They're not even expensive. They're like a hundred bucks, and she has millions of subscribers. Maybe you don't know. Uh, we got Orville Nation over here. Oh, thanks, PJ. He says, your content is fantastic, guys. We try to give our best. I will tell you, put a lot of effort into making sure we get the most information and share with you everything we can possibly find out. Although the Quantum Leap video last week apparently was a stinker because... Uh... Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe you guys can tell us what you think. So we did this Quantum Leap video where... It's, it's really a good one because we were able to actually get insider information about Scott Bakula's situation, why he's not doing the Quantum Leap reboot. But the videos performed pretty pretty not well for us, uh, pretty subpar, even though the content, I think, is really interesting. Uh, if you've seen it, tell us what you think. Like, if you think it's, um, you know, why it might not be doing so well. Yeah. 
That's okay. Ain't gonna ain't gonna ain't gonna slow us down. Horrible we'll Nation says the writing on this last episode of a card. Yeah, we covered that. Oof. Oof. It was yeah, rough, it was man. A lot, yeah. lot of rough stuff. I I am look, if you guys watch the three episodes a week, I the three podcasts a week I do about Picard, I'm I'm pretty uh I'm I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna say I'm a I don't want to say defender but I'm pretty open minded about Picard. I go yeah I could buy that okay I like this part I try to give it its due. But with this last episode, I don't get it. The whole bottle thing, Guinan. I don't want to. I don't want to continue this this whole conversation about it, but. So many things were just mistakes that I feel were unnecessary mistakes. And then, like Shane said at the beginning of the, at the top of the episode, every, the entire episode wasn't necessary. It didn't move the story. It didn't, nothing actually happened. They just sort of damaged all of Star Trek. They somehow damaged TNG. Uh-huh. They damaged legacy characters and they damaged the season Diamond. of Picard for nothing. Yeah. No trade off. So, yeah. It's well, I wait to see, you know, what's interesting though, is I'm all in, I mean, I'm watching it. I, I want it to be good. I'm going to see this through no matter what happens. Orville says that video wasn't a stinker. It was awesome. Thanks, man. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I wish, I don't know. Maybe, maybe people just aren't, I don't know. I wonder if quantum leap fans are just old. I don't know. I like the video. I don't mean wrong. I like the video. I like getting the the information we got was good. It It was was such good. It was a rock star video, but yeah, we just, not gonna, not gonna be this. Yeah, Q is a genie in a bottle, baby. I'm a genie in a bottle, baby. You gotta, oh, you gotta oh. rub me the right way. Oh, <laughs> you know what? I just realized that the lyrics of that song is "You gotta rub me the right way." Oh yeah, no, that's been the key to that song for me for like forever. I'm like, dang, that was so sexual. That was, and she was like 16. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Christina Aguilera. Yeah, yeah. Let me. T- you can't do that in this day and age, man. That, that, oh. no, no more, no more finding a, a pretty fifteen-year-old and over-sexualizing them. You're gonna, you're gonna get me too pretty quick. Yeah, they started with Britney, ended with Christina. That was pretty much it. Oh, yeah, they, they, I think they ended it when Britney went nuts and started shaving her head on national television. <laughs> <clears throat> Poor Britney. I feel, I actually feel sorry for Britney. So we need to talk. Uh, we need to talk some Orville. Yes. Oh, thank you, Shane. I'm like. I completely forgot we were doing that. Okay. Yes. Yeah, we need to talk Orville because it's coming June second. Um, wait, wait, it's... wait! I gotta, I gotta do it right. Okay. Oh, sorry, stop. sorry. I'm gonna stop streaming over the other channel real quick. Stop that, and I'm gonna go. <clears throat> okay, here we go. We are talking about the Orville hints at the end of its run. Because Scott Grimes is now in a Ted prequel series. But before I let Shane go nuts on this topic, please hit that subscribe button on the way to the comment section to scream at us and tell us that the Orville is not over yet. And I hope that's the case. But this is looking a little rough. Shane, talk to me. Yeah, so, um, listen, we all want the Orville to be around forever. I mean... It's great TV. It's it's exactly what most of us want. Um, now, the reality is is that 
all of the actors were set free. Last August, the actors were told, hey, go do what you got to do. Um, and they were essentially free to go do new things because we don't have an Orville season four yet. Does that mean we can't have an Orville season four? No, we can 100% still get more Orville. And I guess from what we've been hearing from Tom and everybody else, and we reported this, you know, a, a few months ago as well, nothing has changed. If a lot of people show up to Hulu and, and watch the show and we get tons and tons of interest and it's, it's a big hit again and everybody loves it, then Hulu can be convinced to do more. And Scott Grimes and Seth and the rest of the crew say they're interested in doing more Orville. The production crew is interested in doing more Orville. John Kassar is interested in doing more Orville. So the interest for everybody to do more is there. Uh, the problem is, is the deal, there's no deal in place. And now we have uh, a Ted prequel series coming over on Peacock. And Seth MacFarlane, of course, does the voice of Ted. And now it looks like Scott Grimes will be joining that show as well. Does that mean that because they're doing a TED TV series that you also can't do the Orville? Absolutely not. Especially since the guy who runs both the Orville and this TED series uh, can control, you know, when things happen. And as we all know, Seth definitely doesn't only do the Orville. He does a lot of things as, you know, he's continued to do the family guy. He's, you know, he does a lot of stuff. So it's not like he can't do both. So let's not say, as TV Line suggests in this article, that, you know, if they're doing this, they obviously can't do the Orville. And that's kind of what the argument is. Um, but, you know, there's no guarantee. <laughs> and I don't, I want to be optimistic, but I don't want to be foolish. I don't want to be foolish and say, yeah, for sure, you know, it's going to happen. What we want to say is, you know, hey, everybody, let's show up and see if we can make it happen. That's what we can do at this point. Yeah, let me tell you, uh, enough people show up, enough money gets involved, and uh, anything is possible. Yeah, anything. as long as they don't strike the set. Yeah. That's the key. Once you hear the set is str struck, it's over. That's it. Yeah. So that, as of now, it's not the case. That's usually the 99% of the time, that's the death knell for a series. Now, we have seen in the past, though, um, we've seen shows get uh, where their set gets stru uh, struck, removed. And then, like, three years later, the show still comes back because of, like, it went to, you know, uh, net, it went to um, cable and it, it found a huge following and, and you know, and, and there's a lot more money involved and they'll, they'll restart it up. But it, that's so rare. Well, and plus, you know, I guess the reason why we're saying this is, like, in the, in the case of the Orville, you know, we've seen the set and we know, we know what it entails. We yeah, know how big it is. Yeah. It's, it's a ship inside of a building. And if they, if they remove that, it would be really tough unless they just put it into storage and they can put it back together. So we really, really want them to, we want, while it's still together, you know, it's on the Fox lot, which that's a whole different thing too. I mean, Fox, NBC, Seth's got this deal with Peacock. Um, so that's a whole thing. But as long as it stays together, there's still possibility. And they probably are leaving it there until they see what happens when June 2nd rolls around. So it's really up to you guys. It's up to us. You know, yeah. got to watch it. We weren't allowed to share pictures of this because it was like season, 
you know, it was like the latest version of the set or whatever. It was season three set, yeah. Uh, season three set. But guys, it's an actual, it's a ship. It's the yeah. Orville ship. And they built the Orville ship in a giant hangar in Fox. Basically, yeah. You know, I don't even know. I mean, it's not the, obviously it's not the entire ship, but it's it's a vast majority of it. I don't know how you, you would possibly get that thing out of there. Like, I don't even know how you would move it. You got to break it down. Well, you have to break it down. You have to break it down. It's a yeah. thing, man. If they, I don't know. I don't see if they, if they break, if, if they strike that set, I don't, I just don't like the, the, the cost, the exorbitant cost of rebuilding it is just. Yeah, they'd have to put it in storage. And so there's a lot of things possible. Like when when Stargate was, when MGM went bankrupt, they sold all the Stargate stuff. Right. I have the book. I have the prop book. Yeah. I have the prop book. I got it from a a dude from Axanar. And it's all the Stargate SG. I have two prop books. It's all the Stargate SG-1 props and all the Stargate Atlanta. It's a huge volume. They literally was like, oh, okay, we're done. Let's sell everything off. And they were selling everything from the switches, like the light switches on Atlantis, ZPMs, all the armor, pieces of the sp- of the, the jumpers, everything. Yeah. Like, dude, this thing, you can actually buy like a life-size Stargate from this book at some point. Well, yeah. And, and Joe Flanagan, when he tried to bring the series back, when he tried to say, we want to do more Stargate, the biggest reason they couldn't do it was because they didn't have any of the sets. They would have had to recreate everything. It was too expensive. Right. And he, he, he even had uh, funding. Right. He just didn't so, have enough funding. So once you strike the set, if you get rid of the pieces, I mean, as long as they keep everything, I guess they can do it, set it up someplace else or whatever. But so it would just behoove us as, as Orville fans, it would behoove the Orville. You know, if you, if people who care about it, you better watch it when Hulu puts it out and watch it every week. You know, we're going to um, just before the end of June, we're going to cancel our, our Hulu um, uh, subscriptions. And then we're going to resubscribe the day uh, the first episode airs on June 2nd. That's the plan. I know it sounds weird. I know it sounds no. weird. Sends a message. But I'm telling you right now, if enough people do that, these are hard numbers, hard metric numbers that they can read these numbers and see. Oh, we lost a bunch of subscribers. Oh, Orville started. We got a bunch of subscribers. It's a pretty clear, evident picture of how many people are subscribing to their service for the Orville. Yeah. I mean, it's a five minute thing to do this. And, uh, you know, you just redo it. I mean, who cares if you don't watch Hulu for, you know, a week or two or, you know, five days or whatever it is. I mean, unless you're, I mean, I don't watch Hulu that frequently. So Dude, I haven't seen, I haven't watched Hulu in like three months. Yeah, so it's like it's not going to kill you to just do that. And I we're we're going to put out a video ahead of time that talks about that. But you know, it's all going to depend on us. I think. I mean, that's what the production staff's saying. Uh, it seems like that's what the actors are saying they want to do more. And the only way at this point we get more is if Hulu thinks they're going to make more money from it. So that's why we got to do it. Yeah, and according to this, it says according to Deadline, the streamer Hulu. Let the Orville's cast options expire in August. August, yeah. They didn't pick it up for a new season, so now, now the actors are going to do different things. Ah, yeah. So that's the problem. And but you know, you know what? Maybe they're like waiting. 
maybe they let the cast options expire, but maybe they keep all the sets and everything until, you know, to see what, how, what the reception is like in season three. And maybe it's I, like, I 100% believe that maybe it's stellar. And, you know, maybe we don't get a, you know, a season four right away, but you know, it still happens once these people get, get their, get their time back. Right. That's a hundred percent true. And, you know, I mean, you could also have, I mean, I don't understand why you couldn't maybe also have Seth do it as a part of Peacock, move the show over to Peacock. He could, you know, um, it would require a little bit of money to move everything on the sets and get a new space on the lot, you know, and do things like that, but it could be done. So we just need it to do well. And um, Orville season one, Orville season two, both did well. But we need it to do well for season three. And it's going to arguably be the best season we've had. So when does it come back? June's, June's June 2nd. Second. Yeah. And it's going to be weekly. We'll be here every week talking about it. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, we've always been, a, uh, you know, the pickle party. This show started as an Orville after show. So, yeah. Yes, it did. All right. All right. Well, you know, that said, uh, hit that subscribe button on the way to the comment section to let us know what you think about all this news and are you going to be uh canceling your hulu subscription with the rest of us let's get it done yes sir all right okay chat we got time. A super chat. wait we can get super chats in the member section oh it looks like it that's weird all right well thank you uh orville nation pj says the bottle it's like it's like a focus group told them i dream of genie was popular with Star Trek fans and they included a bottle. <laughs> Thank you for the $5. Uh, you know, that's funny because it's true. That's kind of the way the writers of Picard are. They're like, hey, uh, you know what? I think they like this. Let's do that. The bottle you know? was so stupid. Oh, God. And like we said, I, I believe the bottle really is, yes, the genie thing probably. And also, oh my God, she's a bartender, guys! Oh my God, yeah, we'll do the whole, we'll do a oh, wine bottle. Oh my God, the yeah. the bartender, she's like seven hundred years old, and everyone's concerned with the three <laughs> years she spent bartending on the Enterprise. Yeah, that well, yeah, seven. Oh, whatever. This is stuff make no yeah. sense. Like it's, I, it's, I liked the Easter egg when, like, in the future, she worked. She had a bar called Ten on Forward Street or whatever. But then they went back in time, and the bar is still there on the same street. And I was like, "No, dude, okay, guys." If you want to be cringed, watch the most recent Ready Room from this last week. Watch oh, it, is it bad? and just feel cringed the entire time between Will Wheaton going. Uh, you know, because of my whiteness, I probably don't understand what you're going through. Oh, he so, said that? Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. And oh, it's just such really a beta. It's crazy. And how she talks about like, you know, the bar gave her the OK to be who she's going to be a guy. I don't know. The it was really bar weird. Gave you... Get out of here. Stop. It's weird, dude. Oh, I, I, I watched it. and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't, it, just can't stand it. It thoroughly bothered me when they went back in time and she was still on at, on, at 10 forward. I was like, guys, it, that's that's like you're saying, like, like coincidentally, she ends up being a bartender on an, the Enterprise in 10-4, which is a designation for a ship. It's not like she didn't name the bar. It's not a, the bar has no name. It's a location it's aboard a location the ship. It's a location on the ship. She didn't, yeah. like, get to the Enterprise and start a bar called 10-Forward. If she right. had done, look, <laughs> look, if she's Quark's, and she starts a Quark's bar, and then you go in the past, and you find out that Quark 
has a bar called Quark's, fine. She was in, she was tending bar in a location on the ship called Ten Forward. It's, she didn't make it up. It, she yeah. didn't name the damn place. It's, oh God, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. Yeah. It's there, you know, I don't know what it is. It's like idiocracy. You know, we talk about this all the time and how it seems like the world is just heading more in that direction. Everything doesn't have to be so obvious. You I'm know? sorry. I've watched that movie recently. Do you remember that scene where Justin Long, Justin Long is a doctor? Yeah, that was great. And he's like, here, put this in your mouth and put this one in your butt. Oh, wait, wait. No, no. Put <laughs> you this confused. one in your butt. Put it in your mouth. Wait, wait. No, no. Uh, you just pick one. And you're like, and he's in a line of people and everyone's putting the thing in their butt in their mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's hilarious, dude. So I think like you might be tarted. <laughs> oh god that movie is fantastic it also, really is it's another movie i don't think you can make today you can't no mike judge could not make that movie today and a lot of stuff mike judge does can't be done. Oh, i saw the bubble by the way <clears throat> what's that i saw that movie the bubble the mike the oh i didn't see it is on netflix yeah it's good was it good it's good it's funny okay a lot of funny moments i need to watch that i, I didn't realize it was out yeah, a lot of making fun of uh, celebrities in like studios and stuff, and like they really dig into it. It's 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 funny. Yeah, it's not Art it's not it's not like the funniest, but it's 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 funny enough for a free. Ne- you know, like I'm already paying for Netflix. I ain't you're already paying pay- right. You're already paying for it. Might as well watch it. Uh, Art Mage Frey. They probably let the cast expire because they would be out of work for a full year between August and the premiere of season three. Yeah, really good point, Art Mage. They needed to let them go do other things. Um, and it probably would honestly, it would take longer. So they're going to watch season three occur happen in June. Uh, and they probably won't even make a decision to do something until sometime mid season or end of season. So it would be well over a year of work. They would completely miss out on. So I think you're right. Yeah. All right. Move on to the next story here. Hold on. Well, I'll just keep going. Oh, you got more. Yeah, well, um, comments here. Uh, oh, yeah, if they yeah. want to wait any longer, the kids will need to take a break from college to <laughs> to film a season four. Good, good call. Um, I think the creators misunderstood the meaning of a bottle episode. We appreciate that, Archmage. Uh, of course, a bottle episode meaning. You know, oh, that's good. That's a good one, Archmage. That is a good one. Yeah, uh, it was technically a bottle episode, but not an actual bottle episode. It just had yes. a stupid bottle in it that somehow s- summoned a god. Yeah, it almost was a bottle episode if they would have stayed in Picard's brain the entire time, though. No, because that's a whole new set. It wouldn't be a bottle episode. A bottle episode requires um, le- uh, less than half the cast yeah. and less than two locations. And, the, and and at least 40% of the episode has to be some kind of flashback. Well, okay. Doesn't that qualify? You've got Picard, inside Picard's no. brain, you've got Picard and Laura. Flashback to the scenes already recorded, not news scenes. Oh, I see. Okay, I got you. All right. So the point of a bottle episode is to save a bunch of money. So you would have less than half the cast, less than two two locations. Well, you got that. Half the episode, Half the episode would have to be flashbacks to previous recorded scenes got it so that did not happen yeah okay uh let's see star Wars. okay let's see i'm watching to see what will happen here uh up here for viewing the orville in canada good point for kenneth uh, we don't know exactly how that's going to look star wars and star trek are now focus group oriented not a joke yeah i wouldn't be surprised 
uh, uh, Kenneth Oaks, season three is going to blow you away. Will Wheaton. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Ken. Oh, they're talking about VPNs in Canada. That's a good idea. How cool would it have been if Picard was Dixon Hill solving a mystery in his mind? I would have dug that. Kind of like that. an extension of the... Uh, um, I just drew a total blank. The book that Renee was reading? No, no. An extension of, you know, like the holodeck. Like a holodeck mystery. Oh. Yeah, but Renee Picard in that one episode was reading a book that was a that was a book like a Dixon Hill book, basically. <clears throat> yes, you're right. Oh, and naming number one in S, S Strange New Worlds, Una, dude, Orville Nation, right? Am I right? Come on. <laughs> Why the F are they naming her Una as like one in Spanish? Yeah. I just. I don't understand. Why so can't she, idiot. Why idiot. can't she have a regular name and she's number one? I Brian, WT the fuck. I just, I'm losing my mind yeah. over this. Yeah. I cannot believe that they've done that. I Thank you for reminding me. That'll be my rant of the week next week. Okay, good. Because I I, I think it's the stupidest thing ever. It's like, so the, dumb. it's like, oh, guys, listen, you got to remember, Star Trek fans are retarded. We have to <laughs> make sure they remember who she is. Let's call her Una. Oh, and, and on top of it, let's capitalize because now we're going to use a minorities. We're going to do a minority. And, oh, we're going to remind people about immigration. Check you know, all the boxes. Like, Why are they doing this? We don't got to tell a story. Let's just check boxes. It'll work out. It'll work itself out. We check all the boxes. It'll check work the boxes. Uh, okay. So let's move on. Sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Ready? Yep. We are talking about Indiana Jones 5. Still feels like a Spielberg movie. Thanks to Mad. Oh, I'm sorry. What did he say? To Mads Mikkelsen, who plays, I think, the villain, right? Yeah. But before I let Shane go ham on this story, because you know he's going to, I would like to remind everyone here to please hit. Oh, it's not working. Damn it. And if you <laughs> haven't already subscribed. My little button didn't well, work. We can, we'll use any of them. What now you you're here. Everyone's here. This is. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Everything's everything's a mess. You had it under control. What happened to my subscribe button, dude? Ugh. I didn't mind the other one. Here you go. Uh, oh, there. Don't forget to subscribe on the way to the comment section to curse Shane out. Yes. Okay. I was horribly disappointed, Brian, that we have had zero to no Indiana Jones five news. Very disappointed. We haven't been able to talk Indiana Jones 5 in a long time. And then I happened to be perusing and I found something. And uh, I thought this was interesting because there's a lot of weird feelings about Indiana Jones 5. Like, you know, because we only had three movies, the fact that we now have a fifth movie is really odd. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's crazy. It's like, yeah, it's like, I wonder why they skipped four. Like, <laughs> Are, I mean, I, I understand why Valve skips the letter three. It's like yeah, part yeah. of their whole thing. Right. But since when did Indiana Jones just start skipping the number four? Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's it's like somebody had a crystal ball. No, maybe it was a crystal skull. I think it was a crystal <laughs> oh, skull. Yes, that must be it. Yeah. Well, let's remember that. This is interesting. It says Indiana Jones 5 still feels like a Spielberg movie to Mads Mikkelsen. Now, let's not forget that Indiana Jones 4 was a Steven Spielberg movie. Yeah, guys, it's not like 
the magical name Spielberg makes it a good movie. I mean, right. Clearly. Movie, yeah. <laughs> well, this movie of course is being, uh, is not being directed by Steven Spielberg. It's being directed by, um, James Mangold, who is James a, Mangold, who is, who, who's done some good stuff. He's done some good stuff and he's done, done some, some bad stuff. stuff. And he's done some bad stuff, but he did Logan, which was great. Sure. And he's done some good stuff. Um, but apparently, according to Mads Mikkelsen, this movie is is got the feel of a Steven Spielberg movie, and that somehow, um, goal, uh, you know, James Mansgold is channeling his inner. I'm not exactly sure what this is supposed to mean. Like, why does it feel like that's the case? Because they're time traveling. Because <laughs> they want this movie to be successful, and it sounds like they'll say almost anything to keep it on track. Because this movie is so far off track ding 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 right you have just won the special prize of the day for properly (laughs) identifying exactly why mads mickelson would say it's a steven spielberg movie because spielberg to all the normies makes their heart flutter when you say spielberg you expect a top tier s tier if you will movie but for all those us folks in the know, we know for a fact that this movie has been off the rails for what two years now? Yeah, ridiculously. I mean, dude, it's <laughs> it's not looking good, and I'm almost positive that they are utilizing time travel. And I know, without a shadow of a doubt, if they utilize time travel, it will be bad because. Yeah. Time travel can either be absolutely outstanding, amazing, or the worst thing ever. It's one of the two. There's no in between. And and most of the time, I would say you got about a 5% chance of making a good time travel movie. It's very hard. Very hard to do so. And I'm really hoping that it's just like a post-World War II thing. And it's not time travel. And we've got, you know, Nazis because Nazis... There's lots of stories about Nazis existing after World War II. And, you know, this is Indiana Jones is, of course, deep down, you know, the Nazis are the bad guys. And uh, we've got the moon landings in the 60s. So, you know, we, we saw the pictures of him, of Harrison Ford next to all those like Roman centurions, bro. I know. I'm hoping it's like they walked into a movie scene or something. I'm just really hoping it's something else. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want that to be the case because it would be. It would be immediately horrible. You know what I mean? They found a Nazi. I'm calling it now. They find some Nazi like uh, machine yeah. that allows them to time travel, and they're chasing the Nazis through time. Through, through time, because they're trying to change the past to bring back the Nazi Empire. Yeah, that could happen. Yeah, it's gonna happen. Well, okay, but okay. So, at least the very least, the if you take the age of Indiana Jones and you look at uh, right now the age of Harrison Ford, like the moon landing 1969 time frame is about right. Like his character would be about that age. So I'm just hoping that if they are doing time travel, at least that is correct. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but there's also a stunt double wearing a Harrison Ford mask and not the old Harrison Ford, but the young Harrison Ford. 
with right. the, with, I don't with the wearing young and wearing a young Harrison Ford mask with the motion trackers on his face because what are they doing? <laughs> They're making <laughs> a young version of Indiana Jones for some reason. It's it's gonna be weird. It's gonna be real weird. Uh, what we do know is that they have finished filming, so that's the good news. So now it's in post production. Oh, you're telling me Harrison Ford didn't suffer yet another catastrophic injury on set? No, thank God. I mean, they're going to kill him the way it's going. Dude, this guy's gotten hurt like seven times, dude. Uh, he he not, not not that he doesn't survive plane crashes and everything else, but yeah, that's true. I mean, um, look, Harrison Ford's a chat. I'm not I'm not dogging Harrison Ford. I'm dogging the people that are making Indiana Jones right now. It just seems that dude, I tried to watch crystal skull with my kids. Even my kids thought it was stupid. Oh, did they? Yeah. <laughs> dude. And when the, when the spaceship came out, everyone yeah. in the room was confused. They're like, what is, what I, is that? No, it's totally confused. Why is the pyramid flying? I'm like, Oh, it's a spaceship. He goes, when did we know it was a spaceship? <laughs> like, dude, they didn't even know that was the story. It just happened. And they were like, yeah, but it's a spaceship, but it's like another dimension. They're like they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> right. Oh, so let's give a little more information on on why he thinks it's a Spielberg film, so we can kind of peek through this. Okay. Um, it says here that Mickelson has uh, has claimed that that uh, this this new work is reminiscent of Spielberg's work, although he kept the information on Indiana Jones Five notably under wraps in an interview. The actor confirms that Mangold's particular approach to the movie means that it felt like a Spielberg movie. Mickelson said that Mangold was making Indiana Jones 5 with the same vision as Spielberg. Precisely how Indiana Jones still, uh, 5 still feels as if it's Spielberg's unique creative hallmarks, Mickelson doesn't make clear, obviously. But the star has also discussed how the production team have tried to recapture the feel of the original Indiana Jones movies throughout the production. Uh, particularly that of Raiders of the Lost Ark and the Temple of Doom. Now, that's a positive because those are the two best movies. Um, but what, what does that feel mean? Is it the music? Is it the, the sense of... I mean, because even Indiana Jones in, in The Last Crusade had the Indiana Jones stuff in it. It was a little more humorous, I guess. But you still had to solve puzzles and there was treasure, right? So what is different? Well, you know, how is that vision going to be the same for five? I'm very interested to see. Or is this just all PR speak? You know, they're they have to solve puzzles to travel to through time to chase Nazis. Maybe, maybe I, I mean, okay. How do you guys feel about time travel in the Jones Five? Is that something that you want to see? You know, currently we're still going to be waiting until this is unbelievable. June thirtieth, twenty twenty three. Before we're going to see this movie, you're we are kidding still me. more than a year away. We're like still 13 months away. Listen, from- if it gets pushed anymore, I think Harrison Ford might just pass away of old age. He might be gone. Yeah. So, Why is yeah. it being pushed? Is it because he's getting hurt or because of writing? No, dude, filming's gone. I don't know what's going on. Maybe they, maybe they, they probably want it to be a summer blockbuster. I get that. Um, but right now, I mean, it could easily be a Christmas movie. So we're going to have to dig into more as to why that's possibly it. But I mean, right now, final editing is underway. There's no more reshoots. So I'm not sure why they feel like they need to wait 13 13 months to get this movie out. Yeah, that's very weird. Very weird. Um, But you know what? 
you know, call me a sucker because I'm still going to be watching it. Yeah, we'll still be there. Indiana Jones 4 and 5. Just We're talked there. all that crap, and I will still be there opening night with my bells on and an Indiana shirt to boot. And your stiletto heels. Yes. And my stiletto heels and my little mini skirt. No, no, don't do that. The heels are fine, but don't, I'm gonna don't wear, wear the mini skirt, Shane. Your your legs are a little too fat. I'm gonna wear the mini skirt. <laughs> you ever see that uh, South Park episode where the boys are are getting upset because uh, Spielberg and Lucas keep raping Indiana Jones? Yes, oh, it's the most memorable and horrific episode of. Uh, yeah, I, I remember the whole time I thought they were talking about like they were making fun of the fact that the movies suck. Yeah, and then at one point they actually show. Spielberg and Lucas physically raping Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> and you're like, oh my god! Like, how do you get away with that, right? <laughs> and raping stormtroopers. <laughs> it's <laughs> basically, yeah. I mean, it was hilarious because it's a satire on them screwing up the their work. But yeah. good, 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 good episode. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, let us know what you guys think in the comment section down below. Are you excited for some Indiana Jones five? Um, have you seen that episode of South Park? And what did you think? Hit that comment section. And on the way down there, <clears throat> excuse me, hit the subscribe button too. Thank you so much. Check in the comment section, Jeremy Snyder, Una Chin Riley. So she's Spanish, Chinese, and Irish. That's a good one, Jeremy. Uh, let's see. Hopefully they don't want a home address. Oh, yeah. Nazis Shander. on the moon. Right, Nazis on the moon. Ooh, the dark side of the moon, Nazis. Remember yeah, that? Could, yeah, could happen. Dude, didn't um, wasn't there an Indiana Jones like book where they talked about Nazis escaping to the moon? There was. Was there? I don't. I mean, that's always been a thing. So when I was young, I read a bunch of Indiana Jones uh, novels, like extended universe stuff. And there was one of the best ones I ever read was when he uh, discovered Atlantis. Like he discovered like land as he found and people are still down there. They've been developing alongside of us, you know, cool. it was really cool. And the worst one I ever read was when he, when they discovered that the Nazis survived on the dark side of the moon. And then like 20 years later, they, someone made a movie called Nazis from the dark side of the moon. <laughs> Did they really? Yeah. That's great. Uh, Orville Nation, PJ Shane, there's a rumor that Una was named in some novel, but they shouldn't go there. It's effing ridiculous. You're right. The novels are not canon. They don't need to do that. And it's dumb. It's just dumb. It's super dumb. Yeah. It's super dumb. Stop she's, doing she's not, dumb things. I mean, you know what would even be dumb? You would be more stupid than that is like Pike. How dumb is Pike that he calls his num he calls her number one because her freaking name is Una. Like, like what does that say about about him? <laughs> what does that say about he, he every captain one. after him that also refers to their second command as number one? It's it's dumb. Sorry, I know we just can't seem to leave that Una. I can't do it. That that's why I feel like I'm going to say it again. Star Trek has got to get out of the past, bro, because they keep trying to get fans interest, interested by introducing old, you know, member berries. Yeah, but the way they're doing it is by wrecking the member berry itself. Like they're adding yes. too much detail or they're, or they're, or they're changing, over explaining or they're over explaining to the point where it, ru it actually ruins the memory. Like they're physically ruining characters and memories that I've had for 40 years. Yeah. It's the craziest thing. Go back. Please start 
it, start making Star Trek after the events so that when whatever you do is not going to ruin older stuff I'm watching, even if it's bad. Look, hey, I'll give it to, to, to I'm going to give a Discovery a credit. They went into the future. Now, anything they do in there has nothing to do with what I used to like. That's true. Even if it's well, we're okay with it. Even if it's not great still. Yeah. Um, really good point. I think you pointed out some great stuff there. Um, let's see. Kenneth LaRoque says there's still only three movies in the Indiana Jones series. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kenneth, Back to the Future is the exception, not the rule. 100% true. Back to the Future is the best time travel movie of all time. Yeah, like, like I said, 5% of time travel movies are amazing and 95% are garbage. Back to the Future is the best time travel movie of all time, in mm. my, my opinion. And by the way, 12 Monkeys is actually a really good time travel movie. It is. It really is. Uh, Orville Nation says, so is this Kathleen Kennedy's fault? Um, PJ, everything is Kathleen Kennedy's fault, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's much. see. Archmage Frey. I'm honestly not trying to be an ass, but is Shia involved in this fifth film? <laughs> you had to bring up the LaBeouf. Oh, uh, Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. Um, no, I don't think so. He, he's know, not. To be honest, though, weird, it was a mistake. Not if they would have done that movie right, he would have been a decent, and he wouldn't have gone crazy because of his Trump derangement syndrome. I mean, would, I think he's crazy. I mean, maybe the reason he couldn't is because he's crazy. I mean, no? he was before before that movie. A lot of what he did was awesome. It's I don't know. It's like Transformers happened, and then he just lost his mind. And he was a and he and he seemed like a good replacement for Harrison Ford. Yeah. And they did Transformers, and then he got really cocky, and then Trump became president, and he went nuts. Yeah, like the the way actors have let like politics ruin their lives is the weirdest thing to me. It like, really is. Nothing that is happening affects you at all. Why are you letting this ruin your life? Agree, whether you agree with it or not, why are you physically ruining your life over something you have zero control over? It's the weirdest thing. Really good point. Archmage Frey, India is going to release a genie from a wine bottle. <laughs> nice callback. Time travel is a cop out. Couldn't agree more, Kenneth. In most cases, that's so true. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if there's still reshoots to be done. I mean, that's possible. They could still need to do reshoots. I don't think they want to, considering how difficult it is to get Harrison Ford out there. Yeah. Uh, Orville Nation, there is a podcast. I'm sorry. There is a rumor that they have taken ideas from a very popular time travel novel by J.J. Benitez called Trojan Horse. I read about that. that. I read about that. I, about I that. didn't look into the novel itself, but it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, oh, Dark Side of the Moon Nazis was a movie called Iron Sky. Iron Sky, that's what it was called. Let me ask you a question. Did that, if you read that book, PJ, did it have to do with a Nazi UFO? If so, then they did definitely take the idea. (laughs) Take the idea, yeah. Uh, The only Trek past I care about seeing is Enterprise era. Otherwise, go forward. Yeah, I'm cool with that. I would like to see more Enterprise. Yeah, I think I feel like Enterprise is so far away that yeah. it's hard to you actually I, I don't it's like it's really hard. You can't really screw anything up. It's so far in the past that you can do new stuff and it it would be reasonable that you know 
I actually love how they explained the Klingon thing. That was genius. Yes, with the the augment virus and all that. Yeah, they is you know this is a, this is a good pre, pre prequel is a prequel that makes its uh, predecessor better. Is that in right? Term, yeah. Not successor, successor, predecessor in creation, but not in time. Right. Whatever. A good prequel is what makes the, the future a, a, a story better. Like, like they fill in the gaps in a way that makes it a better product. Yes. All right. You ready for the last one? I am, sir. This is, I think this is such an appropriate story to do. I'm really glad that we talked about this. Uh, Nicholas Cage. Wait, I have to oh, do yeah, the intro, I'm so bro. sorry. I, I am so sorry. Never I'm out of touch. I wasn't here last week. I messed up. We are talking about Nicholas Cage because he says he's done his best work in the last 10 years. That's actually, I just read that. I just understood what that headline meant. And um, that makes no sense. Um, well, it does to him. Okay. Before and you tell me why. Yeah. Please hit. The, oh, that didn't work again. Mother. Please hit the subscribe button on the way to your con, the comment section to tell me what your favorite Nicolas Cage movie was. And I'm mad that my stupid, there it goes. Uh, what your favorite Nicolas Cage movie was. Okay. Hit the, hit the subscribe button. All right. Now, Shane, tell me what you're talking about because I, I recently watched him in a Christian movie called Nowhere Out or something like that. And Behind, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that what it's called? He played like a pilot or something? Yeah, he was in the Left Behind series. He was yeah. Oh god, it was it was so yeah. bad. It yeah. was it was it was the hard I it might be the hardest thing I've ever had to watch. Yeah, it's and I've yeah. seen two girls one cup. <laughs> well, the reason we're even talking about Nick Cage at all is because on April 22nd, in only seven short days from now, the greatest movie of 2022 is going to come out. The unbearable weight of massive talent is due out in theaters next week. And I got to tell you, I am so looking forward to this movie, Brian. I can't even begin to tell you so much. And the reason why is because Nicolas Cage is playing, get this, Nicolas Cage. Yes. Yes. We got it. Finally. Yes. Finally, Nicolas Cage gets to play the greatest actor of all time, Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage. Absolutely. He's, he's literally playing his real world self, Nicolas Cage. He's got a gig to go and uh, basically perform for this like millionaire, the Spanish like billionaire or whatever. And they're going to pay him a million bucks to come to this guy's birthday party, Nicolas Cage. And he's like talking to his, uh, talking to his rep. And he's like, I don't want to go to somebody's birthday party. He's like, it's a million bucks. He's like, book it. (laughs) Right. So this entire movie is basically a referendum on Nicolas Cage's life work and him referencing his being an actor. And I got to tell you, I believe this is going to be one of the best Nicolas Cage movies ever. Just from watching the previews, I am just in tears laughing over some of the stuff going on that you get this guy who's played bigger than life characters. I mean, he was, he's played across from Sean Connery. He's done, you know, he stole cars. He's just done everything. And here he is. We're going to get to see his weenie self real person in this movie. I'm just so looking forward to this. Um, Yeah. I got to say as much as I made fun of Nicholas Cage earlier, Nicholas Cage is a phenomenal actor. 
He is. He's he's and I think the title for this is literally Nick Cage is a national treasure. Prove me wrong. Right. Like, think about this. When when Nicolas Cage comes to work, when he actually comes to work to work, yeah, he he knocks it out of the park. And then he also takes whatever role is gonna pay him the most amount of money and mails it in. It's like yeah. there's two versions of Nick Cage. The Nick Cage where where he's acting and the Nick Cage where he's cashing a check. And it's very clear. It's very clear which ones are which because he has the talent. He just doesn't yeah. always bring the talent. Well, and here's the thing. He hasn't cashed a check in a while. And that's why I think he's saying he's done the best work. So recently he's done movies and you've seen him. We haven't clicked on him to watch him because we're afraid of him. But he's done movies recently. Like uh, I believe it was called The Pig. Oh, that was a good Pig. movie. Did you see it? I saw most of it. I fell asleep during the over the end. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, oh, you fell asleep. So it got a little boring. Right. Well, for me, but you know, I have ADHD. So, yeah. Like, so, for example, you know, he says things here like, this was the most terrifying thing I've ever done. And he's talking about this movie he's doing now. He goes, I think I've done some of the best work in my last 10 years of my life. And I put massive, and I, and I put massive talent in that period, which has been in some ways marginalized by certain folks in the media. So he's saying the media is beating him up. He says, but I think I'll put pig. And massive talent, this movie, and Mandy and Color Out of Space, and Bad Lieutenant, and Joe and the Trust, and The Runner Up. These are movies I have not seen against anything I did in the first 30 years. Bad Lieutenant's a good movie. Okay, so I got to go watch some of these because. So slow, very slow, though. I've been watching a lot of Nick Cage stuff lately just because I love The Rock. I watched Gone in 60 Seconds. I love, I love almost every, everything the guy's done aside from a couple of stinkers. Dude, dude, I'm sorry. Did you see the movie where he can predict two minutes into the future? Yes, I love that one. I love that movie. Love that movie. It's where so underrated. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, what's it's, it called? It's, called, it's called like Next or something like that. Or it's Next. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Oh, that's a great movie. And I love the way they utilize that. It's so clever the way they utilize like that ability and mm-hmm. it's clear downfalls, right? Yeah. Oh man, it's it's amazing. That's an amazing flick. And so few people talk about that movie. There's so many movies that you guys probably you guys probably never even saw the movie where he played a cop who won a lottery ticket, won the lottery. It was such a long time ago with Bridget Fonda and like he's married to like this really mean lady. It really just great movies. Nick Cage is a great actor. Oh, Lord of War was really good too. Lord of War was fantastic. You could go through the list. I mean, if, if you pull up his like all of his movies, 80% of them are like wins. Right. You know, and so the fact that this movie's coming out and and the fact that, you know, he feels like the media has kind of disparaged him after doing National Treasure and some of these other movies that kind of, he got paid a lot of money, but they weren't very good. Well, National Treasure like, 1 was a great this- movie. Say again? The first National Treasure was a phenomenal movie. It was. It was a good movie. But it's, it's on it's on my wall, dude. It's part of my, it's part of my wall DVDs, dude. Yeah, but he became like, uh, something happened where... He started doing stuff and it didn't turn out well. And he somehow got turned into this B-list actor. He broke his he broke his rule. He had a rule that he would never make a sequel. And then <laughs> well. National Treasure 2 was offered to him. And they said, here is this insane amount of money. And here is your entire original crew back. Original director, original, original everything. So it's going to be the original people that made that first amazing film. And we're going to give you an insane amount of money. And it didn't work. He, he finally broke his, his rule when he did that. But it's not fair because 
I mean, I'm looking at the movies right now. I, I'm, I personally feel like it was Ghost Rider that got him. So it wasn't even that bad of a movie, honestly. It wasn't that bad, but it got really bad reviews. Yeah. And then after that, he went on to do Next, which was good. But then he did National Treasure Book of Secrets, which got just beat up. You know why Ghost Rider didn't do well? I don't think, I don't think the audience was ready for superhero movies like that yet. I don't think so. Yeah, he, he was. It was one of the first of its kind. Yeah, it had he was not. He was like the. He was. He was the. He wasn't really a superhero. He was kind of like, you know, and he's anti-hero. Anti-hero. Yeah, yeah. That audience, you either a superhero or not back then. Now, yeah. I think I think that movie would actually with a couple of tweaks, that movie would probably play amazingly now. Exactly. Yeah, Kenneth said it. It could happen to you. That was the movie that he was in where he won the lottery. And he won all this money. It was a really excellent movie. Have you guys haven't seen that movie? Go watch that movie. It's really good. I haven't seen it. I'm watching. Excellent movie. Um, and then he did. Oh, so then he did next. So he did next. He did National Book of Secrets. He did Bangkok Dangerous, which was not a good movie. And then he did Knowing, which I absolutely love that movie. I love the name Bangkok Dangerous, though. That's like amazing. <laughs> that's like an amazing movie name. That's but one of those he, movies where they start with the name like, okay, check it out. I got a pitch. Ready? Yeah. Let's make a movie with Nicolas Cage called. Bangkok Dangerous. And they're like, okay, what's <laughs> in it? Like, I don't know yet, but consider just make it. Bangkok Dangerous, uh, Nicolas Cage's face. And the studio was like, yeah, yeah, that's 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 a seller. Go go write a script. Yeah. That that's true. No, you're right. But but when he did knowing, and I think this is kind of what got him a little bit. He started to get this like Nick Cage is a crazy guy. That's where he started to get this like he's crazy. It's now getting into his acting cuz he's always been over the top. He's a Coppola. He's, he's related to Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah, he tried to play Superman. He he wanted to, but he didn't get to, but he wanted to. Yeah. Uh, but in 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 knowing, it's basically this really great movie about all these numbers he's able to see, and like he can take these numbers and it it associates itself with a date and time and how many people are going to die in this natural this 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 oh, natural disaster. Oh, I saw that movie. Right, and it's aliens trying to basically save humanity. Right. Oh, I remember that movie. Oh, that was, oh, that's right. That was a good movie. Right. But he got pegged as a crazy guy in that movie. Like his acting, because he was like a little bit over the top with the acting. It wasn't incredible acting. It was a good movie. Good story. Right. But he was just a little bit too like amped or something. Honestly, how do you even play that role though? I feel like you have to play that role sort of crazy. Yeah. But he was doing the, I'm Nicolas Cage. He was doing that. You know, he's doing that thing. Oh, the. He was like over, you know, classic he was doing Nick the, Cage. Yeah, he was doing the classic Nick Cage. Like he was becoming a character of himself. Yeah, the same Nick Cage that he was in Left Behind. Right, right. And so then you go forward, and all of a sudden you see, okay, well, he did this Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans, which is not good. I know he likes it. He did the Sorcerer's Apprentice, which now he's like the Wizard, you know. And it just. It just kind of kept going from there. Season of the Witch, Drive Angry, Season of the Apprentice should have been a great movie. Right. If they, but if they was... would have originally stuck with the original script, which would have made the movie PG-13. Yes. But they wanted kids to watch it. So they, they cut that thing to bits and they rewrote it until it was PG. And it came out really bad because Nicolas Cage needs a little bit of an edge. Right, right. And, and then when he did, right after that, Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance... It was over. That was it. He was officially Steven Seagal. When did he do Left Behind? Okay, so believe it or not, Left Behind came three years later in 2014. (laughs) So it would be, before he did something that was really considered good, 
it, he would go from the last really good movie he did, which was probably Knowing in 2009. Uh, he would, it would take him a while to do something that people really thought was good, uh, at least as, as a large group of people. Um, and we're like, let me, I'm trying to get to it. Uh, like he did the voice in the crudes as the dad. And uh, he did pig. Yeah, dude, he hasn't done anything great since then. So this movie coming out is like the best, probably the best movie he's done. And bad Lieutenant and pig are very slow. Yeah. Almost like he's like being very deliberate to try to make sure he doesn't, you know, tank his. So, yeah. So he's trying not to be the crazy over the top guy. Right. I mean, you can go back. I mean, Snake Eyes, great movie. Con Air, The Rock, Leaving Las Vegas. Uh, you know, he was even good in Guarding Tess. Honeymoon in Vegas. He has all these incredible movies. Moonstruck, Peggy Sue Got Married. I mean, the guy's a gem, dude. He's one of yeah. the greatest actors of our generation. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, he's and, awesome. and so, you know, Matchstick Men, great movie. So now oh, he's Matchstick got- Matchstick Men was awesome. It was a great movie, dude. Um, he's got to stop doing all these terrible movies. He's got to stop just being in everything. But for basically 10 years, he hasn't done anything good. So this is his coming back. This is what I believe. I believe this movie will be the return of Nick Cage, and he's going to get offered some big stuff again. All right, you hear that, everybody? Go get some Nick, Nick Cage stock, ASAP. Yes. So let's see what happens. <clears throat> All right. Well, uh, let us know what you guys think in the comment section down below. And don't forget to hit, please hit that subscribe button on the way down there to give us your favorite Nick Cage movie. Yes. And if it's left behind, get out of here. <laughs> I'm kidding. Stay. See you guys. Yeah, he's going to, he's going to be in a Dracula movie, dude. I'll take it. He's not playing Dracula, but he is, he's going to be in a Dracula movie. Okay. Want to hit the comments before we split? Yes, sir. Go back and take a look here. Oh, Ghost Rider and Constantine were both underrated. Agreed. I actually love the movie Constantine. Love I it. I do too. One yeah. of my favorite movies. I love him in Raising Arizona. He was so good in Raising Arizona. That was, I mean, that's really where you started to go. That that guy can be something special. Um, I really liked him. Weatherman. Weatherman, dude, is such a great. And uh, but even better than Weatherman was the one where he uh he has an alternate lifetime, you know, where he what was it uh where he gets a family and um, he has a different timeline where he's a rich guy. And now all of a sudden he's with Tia, Tia Leone and he has kids. What was that called? Oh. But that, I saw that not too long ago. That's a really good movie. He's just so good guys. He's so good. What else we got here? Um, oh, he did. He, I think he did good in Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. He played, I mean, like just, the, he played like the New York character, I think. Right. Yeah, he played he like the, the black boy. and white character. He's, he's done quite a bit of voice work. Um, I'm trying to find this. Movie. It can happen to you. Do, 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 do. Oh my oh, the, god! It's called the Family Man. That's what it was. Can somebody help me? There's this song. I'm sorry. This movie. It's a Tom Hanks movie about yeah. a band in the fifties. Yes, that that thing you do. That thing you do. I'm writing this down. I was That's trying. It. I was trying to watch this with my kids, and I couldn't find the name of the movie. That it's a good movie. Yeah, I remember watching it a long time ago. That thing you did. I'm gonna watch it with my kids. Uh let's see what else we got. I'm gonna show oh, my hey, kids what a real boy band looks like. 
I just Maria with T and Telly's here. Very nice to What's see up, you. Maria. Yeah, Family Man. Ken got it. So I mean, he's got so many great movies, guys. I saw Gone in sixty seconds last night. Con Air, Face Off. I saw that in South America when he did that with uh, John Travolta, and of course, Nick Cage was the best thing in that movie. But um, anyways, PJ, you should check out a doc by um, um, it's called uh, uh, Return. Oh, hold up, sorry. Oh, the death and return of no, I think it's the death of Superman lives. What happened? Okay. It's called The Death of Superman Lives, What Happened. Um, it's actually directed and written by John Schnepp, the late, great John Schnepp, the one of the few critics, the YouTube critics that went way before his time and always had a great hot take. God bless him. I actually got an autographed uh, version of this DVD, and he does this amazing doc where he explains the whole setup behind the Nicolas Cage Superman movie and, you know... Uh, uh, Kevin Smith and Tim Burton and everything was it's a nuts crazy story it's great great doc great doc you should watch the movie we didn't even talk about adaptation which was the one where he played two characters dude's great sorry he's just great yeah I mean, can't I, wait to see this movie next week I, I, I miss John Snap. let me tell you something if you're a hefty guy you gotta take care of your heart guys okay he went way he went way too soon good very talented guy okay that's taking about note. it. I'm talking to myself when I say that, by the way. I know, I'm, I'm taking note. Taking I got to stop, stop doing all-nighters, man. Um, I love you guys. Thank you so much for supporting us. Thank you so much for being here and watching us. I absolutely adore the fact that we're finally getting members in the members section to chat with us. We've yes. always had Kenneth. Props to you, Ken. But we've never really had like six or seven people in here before. A lot of people just don't ever come to the live stuff. So I really appreciate it. Yeah, come back be... next week. Don't miss it. We're doing this every week. And next week, we're going to have the exclusive review that comes out mm. on Thursday, right? Yep. Yep. For Picard. Yes. So we're doing stuff. We'll, I'll make sure, you know, I think that what helped this time was that we scheduled it the day before and not the day of. Yeah, possibly. So, so people can see it coming up, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> All right, guys. Love you guys so much. We will see you on Monday or tomorrow. 